Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Thursday, Friday Eve, a.k.a. What up, everybody? D-Gun, Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Let's do a little roll call. Jim G, A-Dog, Mood Swing Bella, Todd, Tyler, John, Chris D, our girl, Andrew, Sean, M. Reyes. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing well out there. Gunner, how you doing, my man? Doing well, man. You know, I had somebody tell me today. I said, you know what? I'm tired of all this rain. I said, oh, hold up, hold up. We're having a mild winter. If it rains from now until March, I got no problem with that. I'm with you. As long as it's not a freezing rain, it can rain as much as it wants. You know, it's been a pretty decent winter so far. We had that one stretch before Christmas where it got cold, windy. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, bro, I I got no complaining. Nope. I will take You look at what happened in Buffalo with all that snow over a span of three weeks. And then you look at what happened um, in California uh, around Christmas time for like two weeks. The whole state's flooded. I mean, right. ravines that were bone dry, raging rivers. Now, I don't think we'll ever get to that point here with rain. But I'll take what we're getting right now. I mean, I like to see the sun and everything and go outside in my, in my short sleeve T-shirts and my pajama pants every now and then. But, okay, I know it's too much information. But No, listen, I I'll, take it. I'll take it. I, I hear you, man. I hear you. What's up? Uh, we see our, our, our boy Marcus in the, uh, in the chat section. He's going to be joining us uh, coming up at 1.30. M. Reyes, JB, Little Tone, uh, Eric, uh, Raekwon, A Dog, Todd, uh, 70 degrees where he's at. But no, Todd, why uh, you do that, man? Todd, why you have to throw the 70 degrees? I know he's got to do that to us, right? I was in Not a good right. mood until you Not said right. that. Not hey, right. Not right. Come on, man. Uh, so at 1230, Jordan Raynon from ESPN.com is going to join us. He is the Giants beat reporter. So he'll be 1230. And then at 130, we'll have Coach Marcus hopping on with us. Big one tomorrow, too. Derek, we yeah. have Michael Barkan at twelve thirty, NBC Sports yeah. Philadelphia, our former compadre there, uh, who works with uh, Barrett uh, on the pre and post game show. Pat Leonard 
who does an awesome job covering the Giants Absolutely. as well. Uh, and, and, a, and a Philly guy, uh, as a matter of fact. He'll jump on at 1, and then Dan Koob at 12.30 from Sports Rate. So 2.30. 2.30, said 12.30. Yeah. Sorry, 2.30. Okay, hey, look. You're here to Thursday. keep me straight, man. It's a long week. It's, it's, it's all right. It's all right, man. I make mistakes every day. Ask my That's wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, man. Uh, Barrett on assignment today. We, we Parts unknown. We, we don't know what exactly they have him doing, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he's busy doing something. And he'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, it's not something shady. You know, every now and then we wonder if we're going to have to bail him out. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think he's. I think he'll be all right. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Um, so, look, good news. Uh, Nick Sirianni met with the media a little bit earlier. And by the way, I, I know you always appreciate these. So we are yeah. now. Let me give you the exact. Uh, so we are now fifty-six hours oh, and <laughs> eleven minutes until game time. How long does it take you to compile information like that? I, I get my t- fingers, I take off my socks, and I'm counting toes. Yes. Not long. So, so you get up at the crack of dawn usually daily, right? You're up by what, seven? Seven-ish. Seven-ish. Yeah, okay, not, seven-ish. Not, not crazy early. Okay, yeah. you, you're going over the show format. See, I like to do it at night. So yeah. I do it at night, you do it in the morning. Right. And then you have so much free time that you have time to sit and calculate hours. I do it just because you enjoy it. That's why I, I do. I, you know, no, I do because I'm a numbers guy. Yes. I, you know, I've told you this time and time again for as long as I've known you. Um, when it comes to names, I've worked with people 20 years and cannot for the life of me tell you their names. But I can tell you phone numbers, credit card numbers, zip code, ad, former addresses, all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. and you know, stat numbers. I can do, I don't know what it is. Now, my wife, she can recall people's names like this, man. And I, so I, I told you I use her as a buffer. If somebody I don't know. Hey Gunner, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? This is my wife Trish. That's so cute to say. And your name is? See, that's uh, so cute. It's teamwork, baby. Teamwork. That is. That, you know what? That is. That that is having each other's back. You know that's yeah. for sure. I. You know what? I I have a weird, um, audio recall. What I mean by that is, so if I'm, let's say I'm driving on a uh, on a Thursday, okay? Right. Right. And I hear an interview or a song or okay. something like that. That's done. Okay. If, it, if you, you fast forward to, uh, to Saturday afternoon, uh, okay. if I hear that same song or I hear the interview replayed or something, I can remember exactly where I was in the car, where I was making the turn. What, like I can, I can recall exactly what was happening at the time when I heard it initially. Does that make sense? Yeah. I see. I can do that with songs. I can remember in a general sense, where I first heard it, stuff like that, but not exactly to the not to your level though. Yeah, it's you weird. Know, I, it, I was standing on the corner of Fifth and Fifth and Market, and yeah, uh, I can't do that now. Yeah, it's strange. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how much where how that apply you apply it to anything, but it is what it is. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, All the time, I have my own concerts in my car, man. I blare my music, and I, you know, it could you be have to. It could be country, R and B, soul, jazz, and I'm singing. I'm singing to the top of my lungs with the songs, man. Same way. I do. I, I prefer the car singing to the shower singing. Oh no, I prefer both. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're both. actually a good both. singer, so that's different. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, but you know, there are people. So you know, you sound better in the shower a lot of times than you do. Yeah. And when you, I'm like, really? And yeah. sometimes it's true. There was a, it was that commercial. There was a commercial uh, with Shaq or Charles Barkley where he's singing in the shower and it sounds like Luther Vandross or something like that, and he gets out of the shower, it sounds like. Cat scratching. <laughs> I, I, forgot what the, I forgot what the commercial was, but okay, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty funny commercial. I got to check that out. All right, so a couple of good things from from Eagles practice. One, 
Avante Maddox is actually out there, Gunner, and moving around. Now, what, what it means ultimately, I don't know. But, yeah, he's out there. He's out there. Uh, they're in the bubble today because the weather's bad. All right, yeah. so they're inside. But he's out there doing sort of like calisthenic work with his teammates. That's pretty cool. Well, it's you fine. know what? Consider that, that's a good sign, but I doubt very seriously if he's playing this week. Oh, I don't you mean know? in terms of that. Yeah, oh, okay, sure. you just mean getting out there. I'd actually be thrilled if they got him back by the – if they make the Super Bowl, I'd be thrilled right. with that. Tell you the truth. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, there's yeah. no question about it. to have him back and then put CJ on the back end. That's yeah. a complete defense right there. It is a different story, that's for sure. All right, so there's that, and also uh, Sirianni said that you know, despite the, the fact that they had the the limited tag on him, they're happy with the way Lane Johnson is practicing. Good, they like what they're seeing, which Good. also I think means he likes the way he's feeling after he gets done these practices. He's not in, you know, as he would say, too much pain. There's always okay. going to be some nagging. Okay, you know, it's not going to be 100 percent right. But that's a good sign too. Yeah, I was on a I was on a radio show this morning with uh, Brian Mitchell and JP Finley, our friends down in yeah. DC, and we were talking about Lane, and they and, and Brian was talking about you know it's one of those type of injuries where you know what man it'll feel good it'll feel good and you keep extending yourself and all of a sudden one wrong tweak oh you know and I hope that's not the case because you know uh, Lane had to uh, excuse himself from two games initially when he injured and then of course another game. So hopefully Lane, you know, and like uh, Lane will hold up, but like I said, there is no tougher dude mentality in football than Lane Johnson. If I anybody agree. can fight through this, he can, but, the, but the fact that he's already said he's going to have surgery on this thing when their season is over, little caution for concern, but the fa- Hey, look, I've said it time and time again, I'll say it again. 85% of lane, 75% of lane is better than the options uh, on that right side. Yeah, you're right about that. And that, that to me, that's the one. That's the one. Is, like, I am I know ultimately, yes, if, if Jalen Hurts re-injures that shoulder, the Eagles are screwed. But, I mean, I, I feel decent about him holding up. I, I, Man, I have a real tough time. I hope I'm wrong. Believing Lane can hold up through this because I think it's a pretty serious injury, but we'll see. Again, yeah, yeah. it's good that he's out there, and and I've, I've seen some video of him practicing yesterday, and he he it looks like he's doing as much as you do in these practices. It's, sure, it's certainly not sure. game, you know, model, but it's it's uh, not bad so far. So good. Let's put. It I mean, this this team's not going to overextend themselves this week. I mean, it's not like you're practicing for an unfamiliar foe. True. You know this team inside and out. You just have to tweak some things. Um, and you look at what you want to do, and you just go over those things that you're going to go, uh, go try to run against and defend against against these Giants. You know, so that's a good thing. You've had the additional week of of rest. You don't have to extensively uh, do a lot of things because you know them inside and out. They know you inside and out. Now it's just about lining up, and you know, let's get ready to rumble, baby. All right, let me ask you this, and and I'll yeah. pose this to our guests too that we have coming up, but. This is the the third time these teams have met in 42 days. You know, it's a lot, right? Now, I get it's a little bit offset because the one game was didn't really mean anything. Right, Giants right. didn't play anybody and, and whatever. But still, third time. Um, is it does an advantage lie anywhere? If that's the case, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. The the, o- the only advantage is who calls the better game, who moves the chess pieces better. When you actually play the game, that's what it comes down to. You know, it, it's not like you, it's not like you're going to completely get away from what you do on either side of the ball for both teams. You're going to tweak some things. You're going to try to disguise some things a little bit better Th- that, that you're going to do. The real advantage is the giants have to turn around and come here and play this team on a short week 
and the Eagles have had ample time to see a little bit more of what you try to do against Minnesota, whereas you have not had that extra week to see what the Eagles are going to do because they've been resting up. They've been hiding. They've been in hiding, resting, and singing Kumbaya. You know, So I think that's the, the advantage is Eagles have it at home. Eagles are well-rested. Giants are still licking wounds from that Vikings game. You know, got bumps and bruises. One less day to heal up. That that could that could weigh heavily into deciding the outcome of this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's really uh, yeah. you know kind of yeah. what this thing boils down to. And and there are advantages for the Eagles. And you know the one thing that is talked about a lot. Yeah. And, I, and I hear people say, well, the you know the Giants are kind of rolling in here hot. I mean, they are in that they won their last game for sure, and that's a big deal. But they they sort of stumbled here to the finish also. Absolutely. So I don't know. I don't. Like, I think good teams are able to compartmentalize and just say, all yes. right, now it's time to go. And I think the Eagles will – I don't worry about them being flat. I guess I'm – I don't either. Win. I don't yeah. either. I mean, we've seen teams have extended time off come out a little bit rusty and then pick up steam. You know, that that's a small possibility that could happen. You know, the they, they haven't played in a couple of weeks, you know, whereas the, the, the Giants are still, you know, got that adrenaline pumping – Huge win in a place they lost a game by three points on Christmas Eve. So we got that adrenaline pumping. But there's there's so much time between the first series or two of trying to get that that layoff rust off. Um, if they were playing a more potent offensive team, might be a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Giants are not one of these electric offensive teams. They're, they're they're a grinding type team. They're a methodical team. You know, we saw a methodical team coming here in New Orleans and, and, and shock shock these people. So, you know, uh, hopefully the Eagles don't have that rust. Come out, do what you got to do. Let the Giants know early. Start making your tea times. Your season's over. <laughs> There's no question about that. All right, I want to hit you with this. So the NFL yep. announced that the Patriots and the Chiefs are going to play in Germany this upcoming season in 2023. Hmm. I bring that up for a reason. Yep. Uh, the Eagles have two road games slated against the Patriots and the Chiefs. That's part of their their road schedule. Mm. So, Eagles fans, your team could be playing in Germany in Germany this upcoming season. You know, Rob, that that's a, that's the kind of trip. It's a great trip for a fan, but from a media perspective, I'm glad I wouldn't have to make that trip. Did you co- you cover the London game, right? I was in the London game, and that was only like a five five and a half hour flight. But the yeah. time difference, man, took me a whole day to get adjusted to the time difference. I couldn't sleep really on the flight by the time, and I left it like. 8, 8.30 in the evening from, you know, LaGuardia in okay. New York, okay? And by the time I touched down there, it was like 7, 8 in the morning or something like that. Yeah. And you got to hit the ground running. You got to catch up with, you know, my crew, my crew had gone a few days ahead of me, you know, to get all the scenic shots and all that stuff. And I left on a Friday, you know, whereas my crew left like on a Wednesday because they had all that gear and stuff. Right. So, man, I had to hit the ground running and catch up with them. And we had to go to these different events. Eagles fans were at these local pubs, you know, you know, Piccadilly Plaza and all that stuff, you know. And so, man, it took me almost a full day to really settle in. And then by the time you really settle in, I had to jump back on a plane uh, after the game on a Monday morning and get back here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so there was, there was a 24-hour span going and coming where I was, like, just dragging it, dude. Mm. You know? I, I remember I, we flew to Ireland, man, uh, just oh. vacation. And it was – I couldn't sleep. It was a, a long flight. And it, it you're, you're screwed up for, like, a couple days, man. You, yeah. you don't just get caught right up. You just don't. Now, did you have direct flights or connecting flights? Direct. Uh, the way home wasn't nearly as bad, um, okay. but the way there, man, it was. It was a packed flight. Oh. So you had people. You were like a sardine in there, man. No, no. Nope. Tell me, were you in the middle seat? I was, and oh. they didn't all even offer a movie going what? there. Yeah, it was. 
stunk. It stunk. Anyway, the way home was a lot better. What were you yeah. on? Crop Duster Airlines? It what was uh, the cheapest. Yeah, it was a cheap. Day. I was. Oh. I had. I won't name the company, but right. um, so the deal was, I was working with this travel agency, and if I got 40, 47, I don't know why that number sticks in my head. I think it was forty-seven. Okay. If I have 47 listeners at WIP yeah. to sign up for the trip, okay, I got we Maggie and I got to travel for free. So we got and I got 47. So we went for free. We had hotel and lodging and flights for free. So it's hard to really complain too much about the flight, but it was it was nasty. <laughs> you know, long how, how long was the flight? I want to say nine or ten hour flight. Oh heck no. Oh no. Yeah, I know. No, I know. No. I know. Oh, not hey. fun. Now, how was the food? Because I hear a lot of stories about how bland the flu- food is over there and stuff. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like England. It's very much so. And they, they, they don't like, especially the breakfast food doesn't get cooked. Like the bacon is rubbery. And I don't, uh, that skeeves no, no, me no, if no, I bite no, into no, bacon no. and it's rubbery. And you like, all Yeah, right. So <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I didn't love the food. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Oh. I didn't love the food. I loved the sites. I loved okay. the, the country. Okay. We did, we went all the way from Dublin to Belfast. So that's basically, you know, the South to Northern Ireland. So it was, it was great. And we had a great tour guide. So, so the trip you, was awesome. So did you have to hang with the, the, the contingent of fans that you got to go or no? Yes. You yeah, did? I did. So what we did was every, it was great. The people were awesome. I know. but So what we did was like every other day we'd meet like in a little, either like in the, you know, like a, like a sort of conference room ish kind of place. Yeah. And we'd all sit around talking sports. You know, that's what we would do. We talk about the Eagles one day, every day, at least one day, every other, it was, it was only, we were only on a trip for like six, seven days. So it was, it wasn't bad. We did it like three times. Yeah. You know, what the, <laughs> you, you don't want any parts of people. No, no, it's not that it's like, I don't mind the group settings, but. After uh, all, mood swing, just, yes. That is my, that's your name as well. That's my wife's name. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, I, I do like that quiet time. Just the wife, just to ch- get, get out and chill. You know, whether you just you don't want to sit there and watch the sunset or go, you know, shop hopping. But you know, with just your spouse. But you know, in, in NBC, they had these things where um, they would take certain sponsors to nice locations, like to the islands, like Aruba and stuff like that. Sure. And every year they would ask me, "D Gun, do you want to go?" Nope, <laughs> nope, yeah. no, thank you, no thing. And, and it's nothing to do with the people. It's just that if I'm going there, I don't want to have to. I don't want to be from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, you got to sit and mango. You know what I mean? You got to be like a host. I, I, I will say I mean, this. Dude. That's not me. I, our crew that we went with was great. So it, it really didn't feel like, oh my God, I got to talk to these people today. I, honest to God, it didn't feel that way. The people oh, were sure. awesome. Well, yeah. see, you like, you, 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 you like that kind of stuff. Now, see, I'm, I see, I have limitations <laughs> for an hour or two, maybe. Yes. But then I want to go my own way. You know, I hear nothing, you. I, I hear. And do we could do that. People. Like you, you weren't tied to the hip to everybody all day. Don't get okay. me wrong. You weren't. Right. Yeah. You could go, go off and venture into your own thing and do your thing. So it was cool. It was cool. Um, what was your favorite food in London? To be honest, we did a show. Okay. We did a show preceding that trip. And they found a restaurant in Philly that sold a lot of English foods. So we did the show. I believe it was on our show, um, uh, show that Barrett and I did. They brought in all these different English foods, right? Okay. And to be honest with you, I didn't like any of them. Yeah. So when we got there, we didn't eat the English food, dude. We had the best food we had. 
incredible Chinese spot in Italian restaurants. That's what we ate. We I didn't try any of the. So local wait, you cuisine. went to Italian spots and 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 Chinese places in in London. That's you didn't eat any yeah. of the London. Nope. Wow. Uh, what is that? What is that? What's one of their favorite blood pudding or something like that? Uh, yeah, I forgot what the other one. Like, you didn't like that. You didn't like fish and chips. You didn't like any uh, of that stuff. No. No, see, I like fish and chips, but there's no flavor, dude. You're talking to somebody who uses various seasonings on his food. Now, of course, that means a higher salt content. I shouldn't be doing, but if if I'm going to experience this for the first time, I want flavor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I go to Italy, I know you're going to get great Italian oh, food. Oh yeah, that's I, I want to go to Italy. I'm dying to go to Italy. You know, yeah. if I if I go to Aruba, when I go to Bahamas, I want the local cuisine. You're going to get, get great flavors. Yep. When I, we did now, had we not done that show, I might have dove in and tried all the different foods in, in England and said, "Wait a minute, oh, time out. Eh, I don't know about this," but. Because I had, we, and it was like eight different foods we got to try on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to play it up like, oh, yeah, this is okay. And so I'm like, man, I ain't eating this, man. No. I wouldn't do well with that either, obviously. No. no. Yeah. So we found great Chinese spot, great Italian spots. That's what we ate. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, English, I'm a big, I'm sorry. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, to, man. To survive. Those That's trips true. are mercenary trips, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Usually foot, but see people, people. That's, like you're think, right. That's the biggest myth that people don't get yes. when you're covering. Like, like I'll give you an example. When we, this is, we're going back to the, the not the last time the Eagles played in the Super Bowl when they won it in, in Minnesota. I'm talking about the Jacksonville Super Bowl. Okay. So you, I was down there eight days. I flew down. Actually, I was down there nine days. I was okay. down there the previous Saturday until Monday after okay. the Super Bowl. So nine days, whatever that is. Um, and we had we literally had one night, and it was Saturday night, the Jeez. following Saturday, Jeez. where we actually could go out and just eat and relax and have a couple of drinks. Yes. Other than that, it was like eighteen-hour days of just nonstop work. Yes. So, and, yes. And, and I'm not. That's not a complaint. I'm just trying to like put it in perspective for people who think like, oh, dude, like you, you're covering a, a game against the the Rams in L.A. You must be yes. on the beach like you know eight hours. Like, exactly. I wish, exactly. <laughs> but you're not. And see, from my perspective, you know, people don't understand for us for a for a Sunday game. My crew and I, we flew out like Saturday mornings. You get there, you rush to your hotel, and sometimes, you know, some hotels would allow you to get in your room by noon, and they would make concessions for you because you were media. Right. But most hotels, you couldn't get into your hotel rooms till three o'clock. It's like standard. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting and waiting. We'd have lunch in a lobby or somewhere nearby. Just And then we'd have to get the team coming in off the buses all the time, do a few interviews, feed it back. And then you get to breathe in the evening. Then Sunday, you cover the game. You're, you're there two hours, three hours before the game. You, you do what you do. You're there two or three hours after the game doing a postgame show and filing your reports. By the time you get back to your room, for the most part, most places are closed up. Then you get on a plane Monday morning, you get, you're back home, yep. and you got to work. You know. Yeah. So people think, oh, man, you get to cover all you get. It, it, it is, you're right. It's covering sports, but they don't understand the grind behind it, man. Yeah. You know. No, you're right. And it, again, this is not a we're digging ditches thing because we're not. It, it's, it's, for the most part, it's fun, but there is there's very little leisurely time, I guess, is the best way to put it. I mean, you, you you had me on your show WIP last night, and I loved one of the questions you, were great. you asked me. You, you were know. great on there, by the way. Oh, stop it. Oh, no, you man. weren't. For real. Yeah, you know, but you had, one of the questions you asked me, you said, you know, D-Gun, you've been doing this for over four decades. What is it? Why are you still doing it? And it's a question I've been asked many times, but it's such an easy answer. And I, as I told you, it's because we get to cover sports. You know, 
and, and I don't demean anybody else's job. I don't care what you do for a living. God bless you. Do it to the fullest of your ability. But dude, we get we 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 get to get paid to talk about what we love to do. There aren't many people that have jobs that they love to do. You do jobs out of necessity to feed your family, to pay your bills, to live the kind of lifestyle you want to live. But you, you, people, you know how many people I've come across that work on Wall Street that hate their jobs, but because they make six figures, they're not giving up that kind of money, especially living in New York, yeah. which, is, which is astronomical. But we get to we get to talk about what we love, man. You know, and and why why would you walk away from that? I you know, really, until people kick you to the curb, why in the world would you walk? That's why you see people like the Al Michaels, the Ray Dittinger, still doing it because it's sports, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you grew up watching it. And then you get to a point in your career, you get to interview some of these people you watch. You know, past, present, you, you interview the stars of the day, you interview the stars of yesteryear, man, you're thinking, dude, this is, this is awesome. I agree. You know. I agree with you, Derek. It's, we're we're blessed, man. We're blessed to do what we do. Um, that's for sure. There's no question. <laughs> John that. Dickerson, Degon still does does it because Trish has more projects around the house she wants done. That's part of the reason, John. But we can't tell her that, man. Yeah, it's, that's between busy, us. Yeah. That's between us. Yeah, Just that's us family here, man. Can't use the outdoor voice when we say those kind of things. Uh, that, you know, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, so that's the – and then the, speaking of London, you have the Bills and the Titans. This doesn't affect the Eagles, just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Bills and the London – Bills and the Titans will be the London games. I don't know, man. They, mm. Like, if I'm a fan, if I'm just – if I'm not – if I don't work in the – if I'm just, you know, right, a fan. Right. I'm sorry. I, I don't, unless I got a ton of money, I'm not making the trek to, to Germany or London to watch my team. I'm just not, not. Me. not me. You know, I love fans that I love fans that, and you know, a lot of times when I traveled, Rob, you will see some of the same fans, you know, it was yeah. part of their, their season. You know, they were going a couple of trips, you know, depending on the destination, everybody wants to go when a team's playing like California, Arizona, when it's cold. San Diego, when it was at San Diego, Chargers, yeah. Florida, you know, a lot of people want to get on those trips. I understand that. If I'm a, if I was just a fan, not me. I'm not doing it. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not making it. It's a long weekend. It's great to do it, but if I go somewhere, I want to be there a week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't want to be there just three days and then come back. You know, and then people come back. Oh, uh, Degan. Um, you know, I, I, I'm on flights with people on Monday mornings. Yeah, I can be back at work at Tuesday. But by the time you get back, you're still dog tired. You don't want to go to work on a Tuesday, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, if I was a fan, I wouldn't do it. You know, but Rob, we, you know, think about it. Yeah. You get to get in stadiums for free. You eat for free. You don't have to pay for parking. You have access behind the scenes that, that 80,000, 70,000, 60,000 people don't have. You know, you get to walk in the tunnels and all this stuff and see all the intricacies and in all these stadiums, oh, yeah. old stadiums and new stadiums. You know, that's worth the price of gold in itself, man. It you know? never gets old, I can tell but you. I, I would be the worst fan ever. I wouldn't travel. I would not travel to go to games, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't think you'd leave the couch, man. I think that would that- – no, I would, but you know, I, I would go. Let me put it like this: I would go to a home game. Yes, because I'm taking my family like the preseason games and stuff like that. Yeah. But, but traveling and and going, uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing. I'm not flying. I'm not flying East Coast, West Coast. Just go to L.A. You know, Vegas. If I go to Vegas, I'm not going just to be there for 48 hours, 72 hours. Yeah. I want to enjoy the experience. You know what yeah. I mean? I hear you. I hear you. All right, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. Jordan Raynon's going to join us. We'll talk to him. Get the latest on what's going on with the Giants. He was there, saw firsthand what they did to the Vikings. Get his impressions of this matchup. We'll do that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis Barrett off today. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I will tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because let's face it, you work 
hard. And you want to make sure that that hard-earned money is working for you. And especially when it comes time for retirement or investing, whether it's a 401k, whether it's an IRA, whatever the case may be. Finding that right person can be challenging. I found the right person, and it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Again, it could be retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, if you have a small business trying to get employee benefits off the ground, any of the above, really. And I personally entrust that my IRA and my 401k rollovers to Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps.
All right. Happy Thursday, everybody. We're back. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Derek Gunn, along with Rob Ellis Barrett off today and joining us right now. He's like a regular man. He he is like our guy. He's like our third or fourth guy. Uh, he does an excellent job covering the job. Every time I'm ESPN. here, there's weather, man. I know, right? Look, First look, of all, look, look at this. Look, look, we got to start with the outfit. Man. Look at you, this. You got the killer. Is that it? We have a scarf. Are we rocking a scarf? The tie umbrella. The tie is strong. I was I went I was on Sports Center probably about two minutes ago live. Ah, uh, okay. And now I go straight to you guys. So that's how we're. Uh, it's a busy it, week, you know, guys. There's yeah, a lot going on around here. Isn't it mandatory you guys have to wear ties on, uh, on ESPN? Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Not so much anymore. You can go other ways. I wore a turtleneck the other day at the, to the game. Okay. Turtleneck okay. season. I got requests from people in the Giants organization for me to wear the turtleneck again because they think luck. it's good luck. Okay. All right. So we're okay. glad you have the tie on then. Let, let's be clear about that. Um, we'll so see George Sunday. We'll see Sunday. It might bring something. I don't know. I hear you. We appreciate you you uh, toughing it out with the bad weather. You, you're working the umbrella and the phone in one hand, and we can see the the you know the smoke. You got, you're you're a, you're a gamer, man. You're Any a mercenary. Dude. That, you are a gamer. I'm telling hey, you. Right even now. more so, they they bring in pizza here at the Giants facility every Friday for the media, and I came out here and had to bypass my pizza in the wow. meantime, at least for the time being. To come and talk to you guys, so I'm making real sacrifices. Okay. Hey, Rob's gonna send you pizza, man. Pizza. I That's right. That's right. I know. I, I know where you're at. We'll, we'll make this happen. We will make this happen. All right, Jordan. So let's start with this, man. Obviously, the Giants played very well last week. It is not easy to go on the road in the playoffs and win a game, man. And they did. Yeah. It. And they did it in you know pretty impressive fashion. Get, just give me the takeaways for you. What look maybe better than you thought. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones plays amazing in the defense and especially the defense on Justin Jefferson after that first quarter. But what really stood out to you and was the, the impetus for that win? Well, you start with Daniel Jones. I mean, he was great. I don't know how you watch that game and you're not impressed and be like, okay, Daniel Jones is pretty good. Like, I mean, he's been like this now for pretty much the whole season. The last nine weeks, especially, that the offense is running through him. He's been their best player. And I know people want to be like, well, Saquon, Saquon. Sa no, no. Daniel Jones has been their best player, okay? It's really that simple. Right. And the key in that game was that their offensive line held up and did a really good job. Yeah. Daniel Jones faced zero pressures when he threw the ball in the first half last week. Zero pressures. If the Giants can do that, of course, you know, it makes life a lot easier for the quarterback. Now, I don't know if the Eagles are going to be so uh, friendly to Daniel Jones and the Giants <laughs> offensive line. And uh, the matchups aren't quite as good with the Giants receivers against the Eagles you know, secondary, but still, that was an encouraging performance. This team is now, uh, their confidence is through the roof. I mean, they're operating this week as if, you know, just in a business, a businessman-like manner that is pretty impressive. And you're like, you know, there might be something here going on. So it, de it definitely, uh, I definitely think that they will play a good, a good game against the Eagles. And uh, they're probably going to, play a real tight game with them and i said that last time first time i told you the eagles were going to spank them so i've been i've been spot on the first two times this time i i see foresee a tight game between these two teams hey jordan how surprised were you that that martindale didn't blitz as much against kurt warner as we're accustomed to seeing him blitz they decided to drop more people back in zone uh in coverage um i thought that was a little bit surprising considering what we expect from wink every game 
Oh, yeah. I did, too. I was very surprised uh, that he went that route. The Giants actually played a lot more zone in the second yep. half of the season. Uh, and you thought, okay, that was because their personnel was limited. Okay, what are they going to do when they get their guys back? They got a Dory Jackson back. Xavier McKinney's yep. back. Those two guys didn't play against the Eagles last time, remember. That's yep. partly why that game was such a blowout. The Giants were, were pretty beat up at that time. That, was, that Giants team was in bad shape coming into that game. They really had no chance. They're in much better shape physically and, you know, just overall how they feel about themselves right now. So I was very surprised. I think you're going to see a little of that in this game as well because we've seen it more from Wink Martindale throughout the season as we went along here, mm -hmm. even though the Giants still blitz at a league high 42%. Uh, yep. You have seen them play more zone. So I do think we're still going to see that mixed in against this Jalen Hurts uh, and the Eagles offense. Jordan, I'm taking nothing away because I, I was impressed by the Giants game as well. Um, but were you – the Vikings to me were a little fraudulent throughout the season. Um, yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, how much of that was the Giants just really came out there and took it to them versus this team was kind of ripe for the taking too? I think it was a good combination. Like the Giants are playing better than they have. I mean, there's really – okay, let's say, okay, even though it was against Minnesota, the Giants played some bad teams earlier in the year. They still weren't able to sling the ball around against those bad teams. They're able to do it now. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins wasn't even on the team before November, right? right? So they're just, I think it was a good combination of both. But, I mean, still, you saw the Giants' defense is still not a great unit. They, they, they do a good job in the red zone, keeping teams out of the end zone, but they're 27th against the run. They're not great against the pass or middle of the pack. There are ways – I mean, Kirk Cousins was – I think the final numbers were 31 of 38. So you can yeah. still do do damage against their defense. The key is scoring in the red zone. And guess what? Even with the Giants' backups in, in that last meeting in Week 18, what couldn't the Eagles do? They couldn't score in the red zone. So that, to me, is a huge factor mm. in this game. We'll see how the Eagles take advantage of that. Obviously, way different when Jalen Hurts can run the ball. He had one designed run in that game, and that was a QB sneak, yeah. right, for, that, for the one yard. He averages close to seven per game this season. So – that just shows you with the, with the Jalen Hurts that the Giants saw in Week 18. Hey, Jordan, what has gotten into Dexter Lawrence lately? We all know he's a great player, but that man's been on a mission the last few games. I mean, to the point where I saw a clip on Twitter um, earlier this week where he was telling the Vikings center, man, you hug me more than my girlfriend does. <laughs> I mean, I was like rolling on that. But, dude, he has been collapsing the middle of that, that line like I haven't seen him do much of this season. He's done it pretty much all year the Giants okay. made a change okay. with Lawrence like you saw it really it took it started like hitting like like four or five games into the season he's playing nose tackle this year he was playing more you know uh three technique two gap like he wasn't lining up over the nose you know the, the center and playing straight nose tackle okay and this year he's done that and he's just dominated I mean really his pressure percentage is higher than uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, like his pressure percentage for defensive tackles or nose, nose tackle, forget it. If you want to go straight nose tackles, off the charts. Uh, and it's just been like this all year. He's been a force in the middle. He's top five in the NFL in quarterback pressures. I mean, it's and, and it's mostly it's, it's his athleticism, but also the power that he brings, which makes it a tough matchup for Jason Kelsey because you want to talk about Jason Kelsey, great center, but his strength is what? Moving getting out, using that speed. You know, the straight power guy is going to be another real test for him. They, they've got a – Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Phone down, phone down. Uh-oh. <laughs> you okay? Better than man down. At least you're all right. I thought you were going down there. We're, we're back really... in business. Yeah, we're back. Okay. We're back. Okay. 
but yeah. <laughs> didn't skip a beat, man. You just kept going. I like it. My my phone has mud all over, but I'm still gonna keep going here and tell all you right. Dexter Lawrence is the best player on the Giants defense, probably the best player on their entire team. Wow. Yeah. Now that that's uh, it is it is impressive. Uh, Jordan, do you take any? I forget the last game, week 18. I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter anything for either team. But okay, go back to week 14, which wasn't that long ago. Are the Giants vastly different in your estimation from that team that the Eagles beat 48 22? How much can you glean from that game as you look at this matchup? I think you basically almost have to throw that out the window. Uh, I just, as I mentioned before, Adoree Jackson and Xavier McKinney did not right. play. Right. That's half their secondary, starting secondary right there. That's their number one cornerback. I mean, Daniel Jones and the and the, the passing offense is in a way different spot than they were at that time. I just think that the Giants are a better team than they were at that at, at that moment. And really, they haven't had their their top four you know defensive linemen if you count their outside linebackers Thibodeau, Ojolari, Leonard Williams, and uh, Dexter Lawrence together very much, and they played together more. Ojolari's still struggling to get on the field. I think he'll play in this game, but probably in a limited fashion. But still, to have those guys healthy and on the field together makes a difference for this team because it lets them hide some of their deficiencies. One of the deficiencies, though, I still think exists and that I watch out for in this game, Dallas Goddard could do some major damage against these linebackers. Yeah, mm-hmm. The Giants linebackers in coverage, especially with that play action, they're going to be worried about the run. The Eagles ran for over 200 yards last time. He could have a huge game. Look what yeah. TJ Hawkinson did against him the last two times yeah. he played. If I'm the Eagles and I'm scheming, I'm saying Dallas Goddard is going to eat this game. Wow. Jordan, um, one thing I said when it comes to Brian Daybowl is this. I see a lot of similarities in how he runs this offense compared to what they did in Buffalo with lesser personnel. But he likes his gadget plays. He likes his plays of deception. You know, how much do you think that can weigh into the overall game plan going into this game against this Eagles defense? I think you should be expecting a lot of stuff from the Giants offense, a lot of new looks. You saw them pull everything out of the bag against the Vikings, right? And it's almost like, oh, wait, we're going to save it for the bigger games down the stretch of the season. And uh, that's kind of what we're seeing here. They had some very interesting and unique formations with Matt Breda and uh, Saquon Barkley both on the field last week. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Maybe uh, something with Gary Brightwell in there. Uh, so this Giants team, I think they're they're not holding anything back, and they're very game plan game plan specific coaching staff. So I think that's what you're going to see again. They're say, okay, how can we take advantage of this Eagles defense? That's what we're going to do here, and uh, th- with that, you're going to see them pull some unique stuff out of their uh, playbook, stuff that maybe they have mm. we haven't seen at any point this year. Jordan, I think they've done an amazing job incorporating these guys. But in your estimate, and Hodgins was awesome and clutch last week. How legit are these guys? I mean, are, is this, you know, between Slayton and James and Hodgins, like what's the fear factor if you're an Eagles fan with these guys? That's where when I start going over it, I'm like, well, you know, Hodgins and James and Slayton can win consistently against the Vikings secondary because their secondary stinks. Right. Like, it's terrible. It's, it's as bad as they get in the NFL. Uh, now you're like, all right, well, how's Hodgins and uh, Slayton going to do? Now they got to go every play against guys like Bradbury and Slay. It's just much tougher sledding. I don't think you're going to see the same kind of success uh, in regards to being able to pass the ball. It, that was the problem earlier this year. 
The Giants didn't think they could have consistent success, which makes me think in this game, when you look back, okay, they're going to go in there and the coaching staff's going to see that and say, well, are we really going to win consistently there? Probably not. What's the Eagles maybe their biggest weakness on the defense? Stopping the run. Let's try and do get a lot of Saquon in this game. And I think that's the Giants' path to victory. They only win if Saquon has a monster game. Well, let me follow up on that real quick, uh, Jordan. They, they, he didn't get a, He was very effective when he got the ball, but he didn't get a ton of carries last week. Was that by design? Is that just kind of the way the game played out? What, what was the reason? I think it? that was the opponent. Like I said, they're very game plan specific, this coaching staff, in regards to you know developing the game plan against the defense they're playing. And it, it was the same thing for Minnesota both times is that, they just went out there and they said their secondary stinks. We're going to sling the ball around against them, and they did. So I think it was more that than like, okay, it just didn't work out. But I, I and I think, like I said, when they go in there this week and they see the Eagles' secondary, they might come back with a very different game plan. What's what's the best way for the Giants to go about their business to have a fighting chance against this Eagles team, a well-rested team that's getting pieces back? Um, you, you look at how the Saints attacked this team on both sides of the ball, and they were successful. Do you see a similar game plan, just try to control the clock and keep that Eagles offense off the field? Yeah, I do. I think that – like the Giants, they're, they're not going to win a shootout with the Eagles. Right. Like they would right. have to have some defensive scores, big special teams plays, something like that, which really hasn't been their thing this year. Uh, so I do. I think it's it, – now they don't have the, the offensive line maybe to do that. So I yeah. think it will be difficult – Whereas, so as they'll have to do it a little differently, where, you know, things like using Daniel Jones's legs to sort of open things up. But that's the Giants' MO, you know, the 18 play drive, you know, the 15 play drive, you know, eat up the clock. So I think if they're going to make this close so they have a chance to win, they're going to have to do a lot of that against the Seagulls team. Because they, mm. let's be honest, talent wise, they can't match up player for player. Right. I mean, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. And Dallas Goddard would all be the number one, the Giants' number one receiver. Wow. Uh, Jordan, yeah. I have perhaps the most critical piece of information for you right now. Um, okay. According to my sources, the Giants ordered chicken parm, uh, margarita sausage, plain cheesesteak, oh. and pepperoni with garlic nuts. Okay. I know. Th this I know. is a big deal. I am going to get, and this is not anything to do with Philly because I do it most weeks. I'm going to have a slice of the cheesesteak pizza and probably go. With the chicken parm and maybe throw in a garlic knot. That's huge. <laughs> but let me tell you, let me tell you also, my New Year's resolution every year is to, you know, eat healthier, get in better shape. That's a success because uh, I was doing three slices on the, on the reg. Now I'm only going two. So progress. <laughs> two is right. I'm telling you, like three is a good number. You start getting into the four area, then you're pushing it a little bit. I, I, a two's tough. I'm still hungry after two, man. I know, but, you know. My yeah, gut, my gut is showing these days. It's showing it. All right, see, so the, the key is to get in there and get it when it's warm, because as you know, when that food starts getting a little cold, it's like it doesn't taste. The now same, you're now man. you're rubbing it in for because why are you telling him that, Derek? Shh, come on, man. All right, last one. So you get in there and get something. So when it's when maybe it's lukewarm at this point. Um, you see, you set up the top. You think oh, it's gonna man. be tight. Give me how you how you see this thing shaking out, Jordan, with the game. I see the Giants playing a good first half, keeping it close. Uh, maybe losing, you know, a 24 to 18 type of game. That's a weird number. But, hey, what the heck? In the NFL these days, they score weird numbers. Something like that. But the Giants try and run the ball. But ultimately, the Eagles 
just too much firepower for me to see the Giants pulling this one out. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, the Eagles would have to play a really poor game uh, off the bye week kind of. I think that'll help them. Jalen Hurts. I mean, you guys do think he's just going to run the ball normal, right? I mean, we're, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any restrictions. We're past the point of any protection. No limits. No, no limitations. Yeah, yeah no limitations. Can't, I mean, you can't half it now. I mean, you lose. You, you got to. You got to win, man. It's there's yeah. no tomorrow. Three games left. That's what you hope. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. that's it. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jordan. We'll listen, see. man. We appreciate you. Thanks for taking a couple minutes out in the uh, nest. Go, go wipe the phone off and go get your pizza. All right. Yeah, man. Hurry up. <laughs> Have one for See me. Fellas. Exactly. Right. Have, have a couple for Gunner. Yes. Appreciate it, Jordan. Thanks, man. He's a good dude. Uh, Jordan, always good talking to him. He, but you're right. It. Every time we have him on, there's always some weather issue. It's craziness, right? He's out. He's a gamer. I'm telling you. He's got the umbrella man. in one hand, the phone in the other, and he's, he's getting his grub on. I don't. Let's stay on that last point. I really, I know there are some people that say, hey, be careful, you know, with Jalen, et cetera. No way. Like maybe if you're up two touchdowns and it's. Right, right. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, maybe I'm not doing any design runs, and it's just going to be handoffs. That's right. different. But Derek, I can't take the chance early in a game where I'm not utilizing every possible weapon that I have. I'm not, sorry, no. You you have to make that opponent think that he is back to 100. percent You have to make them think they're running the same repertoire of plays where they smoked us earlier in the season. You have to, you know. And and when you do that, are are you? That means the quarterback. The quarterback runs and you know every time he runs you hold your breath please don't let it be, be the shoulder please don't let it be the shoulder Jalen's a very smart quarterback he's going to get down he's going to protect himself but Rob as we've seen and I've said this on the show you know a quarterback that runs as much as he does every now and then they take that unnecessary shot you know it just happens it's the nature of the beast you hope it doesn't happen but if the more he runs the more it frustrates an opponent and the angrier of the opponent gets, and you know, they're going to try to take that little extra shot, right. you know, because he's frustrating the heck out of them. And hopefully that doesn't happen in this case, but you have to go out there and let this opponent know that yes, he is back. Yes. We are running what we run or want to run and you cannot stop it at this point until you show us, you can stop it. We're not changing. Yeah. I, I and I, I think I said this to you guys yesterday. I, I would, I, I think Barrett wanted to dial up a deep shot, you know, a la the T.O. days. No, that was me. That was me. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you yeah. said it there. I would, yeah. I would run it, man. I would have Jalen on a design run and just say, hey, get used to it because this is what this is going to be. There, there, the first play know. of the game? Yeah, there's no restrictions. Let's oh, go. I see. I said, I want to catch him off guard. You know, I, I, you know, it's in the back of the Giants' minds. This team ran for 253 yards on us. Yes. So I'm going RPO straight out of the gate, but I'm not giving it to Miles. I'm stepping back seven yards and letting it fly, and just <laughs> let it fly down the sideline. Trust if, me, I would. AJ's wide. Look, yeah. if AJ's open, if Devontae's open, one of you getting the ball. So get ready. Well, and we've seen the- AJ win those 50-50 balls. So. Oh. Big time we have. Yeah, yeah. you're right about that. I will t- I will say this to you as well, Derek. I the I, I think my key, if I'm giving you like an, an absolute one thing key, and we'll do yeah. this deeper yeah. tomorrow, I get it, but it's the Eagles offensive line picking <clears throat> up the blitz. Yep. The, the Eagles are yep. a better run uh blocking yes. team than they are a pass blocking team. Most Absolutely. teams are, but for the Eagles, it applies to the Eagles for sure. I think Jordan Mylotta is way better against the run than the pass. But um I think that's going to be the key here because even though he didn't do it a ton last week, I think that you're going to see Wink Martindale send the house a lot. And the thing I would say, interestingly enough, you know, the Giants, even though they didn't, and, the, and the maybe part of this is they didn't send the blitz a lot, but their their front four didn't get home last week. 
They no, didn't get a sack no. against the Vikings. So if the Eagles can protect and and they're blitzing and you're getting one-on-ones with AJ yep. and Devontae. On those and slant routes. Yes. Goddard, yeah, that's where you kill them. Absolutely. You know, we always talk about the Eagles using the run to set up the pass. This may be very well be a game where they use the pass to set up the run. And I know people will start screaming, especially if they have incompletions early on. Um, you know, but you know what? You, you got to attack them the best way you can. You've got to take their heart. Giants are coming in here on an emotional high, and rightfully so. You know, they knocked off the number three seat, even though it was a, a, a fraud three seat in a lot of ways. You went back into their house a couple of weeks after you lost that game, a hard-fought game you could have won, and you turned the tables on them, and you're still standing in the Vikings or not. Now your next shot is taking down the number one team, arguably the best overall roster in the National Football League. So they're, in a, they're an emotional high. In a game of emotions, ebbs and flows and momentum, you have to take that thought away from them right away. You have to let them know it's going to be a long afternoon. By the fourth quarter, the Giants should be thinking, all right, what time is my tea time on Monday? You <laughs> yeah. know, not, right. yeah. you know, they, they shouldn't be thinking, hey, we got a chance to win this thing. That's not what you want them thinking in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you don't. You don't. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you're right. That You would just snuff that out right away. But I, I, I just – this is where I, I look to break down everything, and I look at quarterback. I'll take Jalen Hurts as much as Daniel Jones has improved. Offensive line, I'll take the Eagles. Skill position on offense, I'll take the Eagles at receiver and tight end, and it's not even close. It's destruction. Yeah. You know, the other side of the ball, I, I, I would lean, I would definitely give the Eagles' defensive line the lean, but it's, it's not to say the Giants aren't really good. They're really good on their defensive line, too. I think the Eagles' linebackers are better, and I think the secondary is better as well. Like, I just think oh, hands down. You know, and and I think coaching is where you could really make an argument because Dable's done yeah, a great job yeah. and Martindale's legit. You know, and 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 maybe you haven't seen things you've loved of late from Gannon and Steichen and whatnot. I think there you could maybe make an argument, but it's not like the Giants hold this huge advantage. I think it's closing. Yeah, it's like a coin yeah. toss. No, I do too. I think that's why I said Rob earlier in the week. The 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 chess moves that the coaching staff makes in this game are going to be huge. I mean, obviously, we're watching the movement of the plays and the ebbs and flows of the game, but I'm watching also closely what they're calling, both both teams, what they're calling down distance and things like that. That's going to be huge in terms of, of shifting momentum uh, in, in your favor. Um, the Eagles have the decisive personnel, but when you got a junkyard dog that didn't expect to beat us, at this point, mm. you know what? You throw any and everything you can possibly throw at them. Nobody thought the Giants would be a playoff team at this point. You know, a lot of people felt did feel they could go back into Minnesota and upset the apple cart there, which they did. Yeah. All you have to do is have a fighting chance at this level. We could go back to Jacksonville. They were dead to rights. You know, they didn't have players with a lot of playoff experience. They were dead to rights. You're thinking that game's over at halftime. Mm-hmm. That's why they played the second half, man. Yeah, and, and that – that's why, you know, I keep bringing this up. It's not to disrespect the Giants because I thought, like I said, it's really hard winning on the road in the, in the playoffs. Absolutely. But that defense was beyond suspect that they they did that against. And I just don't know that they're going to be able to do that against this Eagles defense. A, with the pressure. Derek, they were racking up five, six sacks every yes. single week to close out the season. Yes. You know, they got 70 on the season in 17 games. That is unbelievably impressive. And no it, question. And, and you remember, they, they really they, – Hassan Reddick didn't go crazy early, early in the year until they kind of really figured out, just let him rush, man. Don't right, mess right. around with anything else. They're going to get heat on Daniel Jones. Here's the question. Does Jones get out of the pocket and kill them with his legs? That's really where this comes down to as well. Just containment of him. Discipline is the key. Don't over pursue. 
because you know he he's he's not like most quarterbacks who just look to get down. He likes to lower his shoulder shoulder yeah. and take on uh, on a hit, you know. And he picks up extra yard. I mean, he's a big dude, six five, you know. Yep. And he's got some speed behind him. Yeah, you know, we we found that out a couple of years ago. He's got some wheels behind him as well. You don't want this dude running in open space on you all day because that's going to bring you out of a lot of things that you want to do defensively. It's going to make you make adjustments to counter for him, which which could allow somebody else to free themselves up. No, exactly. you just have to be more disciplined in terms of keeping him in a corral and not allowing him to see that ray of light that he can go to his right or to his left or step up in the middle um, and take off on you and pick up five, six, eight, 12 yards of carry. Yep. You know, that's the last thing you want to see. Well said. Well said. All right. Come back. We've got a little fun with this, Derek. We're going right. to do over-unders in the game. Me, not just what Vegas is setting the over-under at in the game. Okay. We're talking individuals, i.e. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushing attempts, Jalen Hurts rushing yards, Jalen Hurts passing yards, Miles Sanders carries, Eagles sacks in the game, Daniel Jones passing yards, rushing yards, Saquon rushing yards. We're going to dive into all of them. I'll hit you with both teams. When we come back, don't go anywhere. At 1.30, Coach Marcus is going to be joining us, uh, former Eagle. Uh, so we'll break down him and get his take on uh, what's going on with this game as well. Derek Gunn, Barrett's off today. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you right now about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration are the people you go to. You call in trouble when you're in, in times of trouble here. And that could be water, fire, smoke mold damage to a property that you may own, your home, a business, et cetera. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you from personal experience, I reached out to them on a Saturday. They got right over to my parents' house, cleaned up the problem, fixed it. All was well. Price was right. Crew was unbelievable. It was a great experience. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. And again, it could be water, it could be fire, it could be smoke damage, mold remediation. It could be a lot of other things. If you're not sure, you reach out to them and they'll tell you if they can help you. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760. Or you could reach out online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. 
When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Number two on the program on this Thursday, Rob Ellis and D. Gunn, and Barrett is off today. He'll be hanging with us back tomorrow, and we've got a good show tomorrow. Michael Barkham will be joining us, Pat Leonard, as well as Dan Coop. So looking forward to that tomorrow. All right, you ready for some over-unders, Gunner? You're going to put your uh, – put your take your mute off. Let, let's do that first. Let's let, let's get you – we'll have the folks to hear you. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. All right. We were worried about you there for a minute. All right. So you're going to, you're going to do your uh, Jimmy, the Greek, you're going to be Derek, the Greek, Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> going old school on you. <laughs> how oh, great, by the way, how great was uh, the NFL today? You are looking live right. at a sold out veterans Memorial stadium. You know what? Brent, Brent Musburger used that every week and you look for it. It set the tone for your day. Yeah, it was you know, a he, slow pan of whatever uh, stadium that CBS was carrying one of those games. It could be Atlanta, it could be Green yeah. Bay, it could be Philly. It was he would the do that. Mont- they do that montage. Man, Just and hear you know it, you get excited, man. Yes, yes. Uh, There's certain things. Even before a game start, there were just certain things that just set the tone for the day of what's to come, especially yeah. when it was your team, you know. Yes. Yeah, there was su- such a signature statement by him, man. One of the best in the business. He was great. He was a – look, he could do everything. He could do play-by-play. He could do it all. He was actually doing Raiders games up until like two years ago on yeah. the radio at like 80. He's su- super sharp. But he was phenomenal in a studio. He was a great studio guy. Oh, I loved him. When they had Phyllis George, oh. Jimmy DeGreek. Very groundbreaking, Derek. They had yeah. Irv Cross, yep. who was a former Eagle, nicest yep. guy. You'll, uh, what a gentleman! Absolutely. But they had Irv Cross. They had Phyllis George. Yep. Uh, they had Jimmy the Greek. They had yep. Brent. You know, they were. This was the early mid seventies. Yes, it was. It was you know representation of people you didn't get a chance to see that much uh, on TV. So anyway, uh, not to get off. There were no women in studio shows then. You know. Nope. Uh, you you didn't have minorities in the studio. Jane shows. Kennedy. Well, Jane Kennedy comes along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so you're right. They they broke a lot of ground, opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. There's a I gotta get it. I forget who the author is, but there's a book about. I think it's called You Are Looking Live, uh, about the the whole NFL really? Today experience. Yeah, I was. 
I saw it in a bookstore a while ago and I'm kicking myself. I didn't get it. And then I went back probably a couple of weeks ago and it wasn't there. So I'm going to have to order it online. But anyway, um, when it comes to reading books, my friend, I will live vicariously through you. <laughs> As I've told you before, I don't have the attention span or the time to sit and read books. I hear you. Man. you know, I, I can't even tell. I told you, man, the last book I bought was Howard Cosell's. I never played the game in early eighties. I'm still in chapter one. It's still sitting on my shelf. I'm, I like I, the old Barkley line. It was his autobiography. He's like, I, I somebody called him on something. Like, I don't know, man. I didn't read it. Meanwhile, it was his autobiography. So that's the old Barkley line. Uh, John Dickerson question was Phyllis George strong. Yes, she yes. was. Yes, she was for sure. Uh, all right. You got robbed a smile, John. Yes, we did. All right. Let's let me hit you with some old Jane Kennedy for that matter. Jane Kennedy was real strong. Yeah. Very both strong. Um, all right, so these are not official. This is not from any site. This is just me. I made them up, and I'm going to bounce them off you, okay, before people start saying, I saw this at so – no, this is not no, anything no. like that. All right. Uh, I'll start with Jalen Hurts on this one. Okay. okay? Over, under, carries. Ooh. Now, this Ooh. one's a little tricky because if the Eagle's up and, and he's taking kneel downs, they're technically carries, so it gets a little sketchy, but – I'm going to say over under rushes, Derek, nine, nine on the day. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think, I think the giants are going to want, rush, want to flush them out of the pocket. They sacked them four times in that first meeting. Yep. Uh, even though the Eagles ran it down their throat, somehow, some way they were able to sack him four times. Just rare. I think, that, I think yeah. they're going to flush him out of the pocket. They want to test them. They want to get some hits on them. They want to test them. I'd say over nine carries in this game. I like the over two for yeah. the reason you pointed out. Some of these will be designed. Some of yep. these will be just, hey, he's under duress and he's got to get out of there. Yep. Um, I'm hoping it's not many more than that. That's not a good I agree. sign. I agree. Yeah. This can't be 17 carries again. It can't be one of those games. No, 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 no. Um, I, I, I think when he sets up the pass, and, and I can see Martindale doing some of the similar things he did against the Vikings – they're going to show blitz off, you know, at the snap, and they're going to drop people back in flood zone and try to force them to step up and run. So yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to stick with over nine carries. But we when we were talking to Jordan a little bit earlier, I think he's dead on. Like the the middle is going to be so critical uh, because Dexter Lawrence is going to get that push, you know. And look, Kelsey's yeah, phenomenal, yeah. but that's going to be the key to this thing. He gets some heat up the middle. Is he able to just buy a little bit of time by rolling left or right and then still delivering a pass or is he taking off? That's the, you know, the thing we just don't know right now. Yeah. Uh, he, he's going to be forced one way or the other. And, you know, again, like I said, with Daniel Jones, he's going to see that ray of light yep. and will he float just long enough till somebody frees up, find Dallas in the, in the flat, you know, uh, Devontae in the flat is slipping, slipping behind the defender, or will he decide, will that mechanism trigger? I've got to go. I've got a lane to pick up the first down or pick up significant yards. I've got to go. Yeah. yeah that's going to be, that's going to be huge to watch. Yeah. Hey, let me give you this one before we, we dip back into the over-unders yeah. here. Greg Roman and the Ravens have parted company. Ooh. Uh, yeah. For, for after coach of the Ravens offense to a third of the, the, the press release, blah, blah, blah. Greg Roman is stepping away to pursue other opportunities. Ooh. This feels very mutual. This feels like both, nobody's, uh, you know, throwing any roadblocks up to, to stick around is the way this thing feels. Greg Roman is highly respected as an offensive coordinator in the national football league. And, you know, he, I knew he had a great relationship with uh, Harbaugh. I don't know if it was strained, but you know, I mean, how much can you blame on this offense faltering when you don't have your franchise quarterback yeah. since December 4th? 
And the whole yeah. they, I blame the organization, Derek. The whole, they didn't handle this well at all with no, Lamar Jackson. No, no, you know you got a hot mess going on down there, and which is surprising because usually Baltimore is one of the more meticulous off, uh, organizations in terms of how they go about running their business. Yep. You don't you don't usually hear a lot of outside chatter about the Ravens organization. So this is a big move for them to allow. You know, maybe they had a disagreement behind the doors in terms of what is expected of each other moving forward. Who knows? Yeah. You know, yeah. if he's going to pursue other interests, obviously, I agree. I, I think it's a mutual parting of the ways. Yeah, and it's I, I, by all accounts, he'll be a guy who, you know, teams are going to be going after. So we'll yeah. see what ends up happening there. Uh, all right, so let, let's swing it back. Let's go passing yards for Jalen on the day. Over under 250, 250 Jeez. for passing yards. Yeah, see, yeah, two seventeen at first game. I can't, I can't gauge anything by that last game, so I have to go back to that first meeting. He had two seventeen passing because they ran the ball so well. Um, over two fifty. Yep. Wow, the Giants do have Xavier McKinney, Dory Jackson back in the back end of that defense. Um, they did a good job blanketing Justin Jefferson. But Adam Thielen is not the receiver he was. No. Over Did you see that, by the way, the, the, the Instagram thing from his wife? No, no. So basically, like, I don't she, I think she was like responding. Well, she wasn't in like a spat or anything. She was just yeah. responding to a fan about something. I think the fan was saying like, hey, we, we love Adam and yeah. hope he's here. Because there's a lot of talk that he's going to be gone. Okay. And she said something to the effect of, and I'll, I'll pull it up. I'm just giving you off the top of my head. Like, okay. yeah, he would he would love to have gotten more opportunities and more chances too. Like, basically, wasn't getting the ball thrown his way enough. I, I agree because you know what, he wasn't hurt. No, and I don't understand. He was just a thousand yard receiver not too long ago. Yeah, did did he? T- he didn't. You know, when the few games I saw the Vikings play, so a lot of times he didn't get a look until the second half. Do I wonder, like, it's two things I wonder about. Obviously, you're going to be feeding Justin Jefferson a lot when you have a great player like that, right? Number yeah. one. And yeah. number two, they traded for TJ Hawkinson, who became a real big part of that yeah, offense. He did. So yes, he did. someone's going to lose touches somewhere. Yeah. But he was losing touches before before they got Hawkinson. Yeah. And I never understood that. I mean, I never saw him on an injury report or anything. So I, I don't know. You know, and I think that's, a, you know, obviously you don't want your wife or your family members talking on your behalf. You like yeah. to keep a lot of your thoughts to yourself in that profession. But uh, now that she put it out there, I think that's true. He didn't get nearly the looks as I, as he should have compared right. to what he got years past. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, all right, there's, there's that. Let me, let me, we'll, we'll dig into a whole NFL segment at two o'clock. Like we always do. Um, so, okay. So you're, I'm with you. You, you got the under on the two fifty in terms of passing yards. Now, uh, here's my concern, Rob. The Eagles have not run the ball with that authority. Like the the last big running game they really had was against the Giants. You know, I pulled up the numbers. I mean, after that they had um, they had 120, had 33 carries. Normally, you think 33 carries from this offense that's at least a buck fifty. They struggled to get a buck twelve against Chicago. They had 29 carries against Dallas, and obviously, you know, you, you go back and forth, you play and catch up. Although they had the league, but they only had 87 yards rushing against the poorest. Cowboys defense. True. He had 67 yards rushing against the Saints. Now they had a buck 35 and 34 carries against the Giants that last game of the season, but it was against the Giants backup and scrubs and practice squad players. And when I I brought up those four teams because of this, and this is a final tally, but the numbers are not far off from what they were during the regular season. 
Chicago was a team giving up 157 yards on the ground. Right. Dallas was a team at that time, and they played Dallas, was giving up a buck 32. New Orleans was giving up over 130 yards a game, and the Giants were giving up a buck 44. Mm-hmm. But you didn't run it down their throats with authority. And why? I don't know. I, still I don't, don't get it. it. Yep. But when you ask me about that 250, I'm going to say Jalen's going to throw for a little bit over 250. Okay. A little okay. bit over. Yeah. I like that. All right, let me get Jalen rushing yards. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at 65, Gunner. Okay. Where you at? Jalen 65. I hope it's less than that because the running game from the other trio of backs are doing their jobs. But yeah. I think I'd be game, thrilled with like 35 yards. I agree. Six attempts or something. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say over. You got to okay. pull out all the stops. You you can't hold him back. You've already told the media he's looking good. They've seen him throw this week. They've seen him go out there and do Jalen things in practice. I'm going to say over 65. All right. I like that. Uh, let's go Miles. Let's stay on the ground for a minute. Uh, Miles Sanders, who had a big day the the, the week uh, 14 mm-hmm. game. Really big game. I'm going to set his carries at 12 and a half, Derek. 12 and a half. Do we go over or do we go under in that game? Over. I'm going to over. Uh, right. I'm, you know, 17, 18 carries for Miles is a good number. He has 17 for a buck 44 the first time. He played the Giants. They gouged the Giants tremendously in that game. I'm going to see right around 17, 18 carries for, for, for Miles. I think so, too. I really – maybe this is wishful thinking on my part, but I don't think this is an ignore Miles game. I, I think you're going to see the Eagles – and I, I preach it all the time, don't give yeah. up on it if you're not getting big chunks early. But I think they'll stay with it, and I think you'll you'll see a balance here. We're going to come away saying pretty decent balance. Probably more yeah. throws yeah. than passes, but – you know, or than uh, runs, but we'll be happy with it. I can see him getting a buck fifty rushing, but I think Miles will get the bulk of those yards. But I think Gainwell and Scott will get their touches as well. All right. I like that. All right, let's go. Let's go to the receivers now. Mm. AJ Brown, eight and a half receptions. Over. I'll say over. That's his go-to guy. You know. You know, as Jordan Renan just said, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard could have a huge game, but Jalen, you know, he's going to find his boy. He's going to find his buddy. And I think, you know, I, I want to say right at nine, right at nine for AJ, about a buck 35, maybe. Uh, that's his number. Um, they're going to find that seam. They're going to hit him on those slant routes. They're going to catch the Giants in a blitz and, and force the Giants to come out of that blitz. But I think AJ gets about nine. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would assume that Adoree Jackson gets AJ, right? And which should allow Devontae to do some damage here. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, Devontae may get eight catches. You yeah. know, well, I mean, we've, yeah. we've seen games where you know one has nine, one has eight. Mm-hmm. You know, one has, you know one has eleven, one has nine. We've seen those games. Yep. Uh, you have to go around. You just led me right into it. Uh, I set the over under at seven and a half for Devontae. Oh. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, I want to say under, right at seven. Okay. You say seven and a half. I'm putting it right at seven. All right. Yeah. Devontae receiving yards, 80 yards. It's mm. a good number. Slightly over. Right. Slightly over 80 yards. Okay. All right. Let's go Dallas Goddard now. Um, you know, really hasn't had that explosive game since coming back. We know the Giants really struggle to defend tight ends. Mm-hmm. I've been telling you all week it's Dallas Goddard week. I think it's Dallas Goddard week. Five five is the over under for the receptions for him. Easily over. Easy, okay. Easily, easily over. After what TJ Hawkinson did against uh, the Giants defense and pass coverage, 
you know, when you make adjustments, you have to give up something to go where you want to go. And the Giants obviously, you know, decided, hey, we'll let TJ catch all the underneath stuff he wants. So I think Dallas will get way over over, over that over five. I, I'm closer to eight. I think it's going to be a, a good distribution of pass catches for these ball catchers for the Eagles. All right, receiving yards Ooh. for Dallas. 70 and a half. I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were gonna, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Oh, uh, man. 75. I'm going to put him okay, at 75. Over. Yeah. over. I like put him over. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. Then we'll dip into the Giants. Over under four and a half sacks. Just everybody general. Four and a half sacks. They got seven on a combination of uh, Jones and Tyrod Taylor. They got seven on them. I'm, I'm going to say over. Okay. I'm going to say I'm going to say over because the Giants at some point are going to have to play catch up. They're going to have to throw the ball more than they want to, which plays right into that defense's hands. I'm going to see around six or seven more sacks for this team. All right. Brandon Graham practiced today. He mispracticed yesterday for rest <laughs> slash illness. He said he feels fine. No, no issues. Over under half a sack, meaning does, uh, he, get, does he get a sack in the, in this playoff game against one, the- one and a half of my boy, BG. All BG, right. BG is jacked up. He knows I'm somewhere in the back of the mind, you know, as he's told us on this show and he's told me a number of times, he wants to finish out his career in Philadelphia. He wants to play at least one more year. Uh, in the NFL, at the very minimum, one more year, maybe two. But the, in the back of his mind, it has to be, this could be my last swan song with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. you know. And so he's going to come out blazing. He's healthy. He plays less than 35 38% of the snaps. He's fresher than he's ever been. The season he's had coming off that Achilles has been phenomenal. I think I think BG Eats gets one and a half this game. All right, like that. Now, let, let's go to Hassan Reddick, their leading sacker uh, this season. I'm just simple. I'm setting this at one. Does he get more than one? Yeah. Go back to that last Giants game when the regulars were playing the backups. And Hassan could have had four or five. What did he have in that game, too? Oh, against oh the Giants? where he, Davis Webb's uh, running around like the Keystone Cop and, and yeah. missed him. You know? I, I still can't. I, I don't think Hassan talked about it after the game. He's like, I can't believe I didn't have two more sacks. He's exactly. flat out said it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he gets more than one, definitely, okay. uh, against okay. this, this offensive line. I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm going to give you one more, okay? Over under half a sack, Javon Hargrave. Does he get home? Interior. Josh Sweat is back. Josh Sweat is back. Brandon Graham. Reddick. More than – what did you say? More than half a sack? Just a half, meaning does he get a half or one? Yeah, he'll get his. The Giants offense is decent. It's not a great offensive line. Um, and, and we've seen the Eagles do a lot of stunning with the D tackles. Uh, I think he gets home at least, at least at the very minimum once he gets home right. from the middle and blankets Daniel Jones. Okay, let's go to the other side. Let's go okay. now to the Giants. Daniel Jones passing yards, mm. 220. Out of necessity, I think he's going to have to throw the ball up more. They only passed for 181 yards combined. Last time against the Eagles, uh, two twenty. If he gets two twenty, it's because it's garbage time in the fourth quarter, and he's just slinging the ball around to try to make the score respectable. Um, I believe you'll get more than two twenty because of that. Okay, I like that logic. I, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That makes sense if that's the case. Let's go rushing. This could be the key to the game here. Ooh. Seventy-five 
is where I'm setting the over-under for Daniel Jones on the ground. Wow. Yeah. As much as he takes off and likes to run, um, I'm sure Dabo doesn't want his guy exposed that much. You know, whereas the Eagles design runs for Jalen, I don't think they want Daniel exposed that much, even though he's a tough dude to bring down and he loves contact. I'm sure they want to establish their running game, you know, with uh, Saquon and Breda and, of course, uh, Brightwell. The kid Brightwell can, can step also. He's, yeah, he's done a nice job for that. Yeah. I can't see Jan- Daniel Jones busting loose for one of those 80-yard runs like he did a couple of years no ago. No turf monster coming no up. No turf and- monster coming I can't see that happen. You said 75? Yeah. Boy, that's that that's – that- that's a tough that's an equa- equator line number, man. That's that's a good one, Rob. All right, uh, here's why I'm going to say yes, Derek. I think okay. he's going to be under enough duress okay. from the Eagles' pass rush okay. where he's going to have to take off a lot. Now, yep. it may not yep. be really big chunks, but it may be enough where he's going to get that number out of just the survival yep. more than anything else. I'm going to say over. Um, w- based on what you just said, I'm inclined to agree with you. He's going to have to run for his life. He's not going to have time to sit back and see if one of his pass catchers frees themselves up. He's going to have to take it on his own shoulder. I don't know if Saquon's going to have that big of a game against this team. He didn't at first game. Um, I'm going to go over with you. I'm going okay. to take the over. Yeah. Let's go Saquon now. Let's go over under 85 rushing yards for Saquon. You know, Saquon had a pretty good game. He had that 23-yard touchdown run against the Vikings. But he didn't come he only close got to nine carries. Other. Nine carries. And I don't yeah. understand it. And they still still put up 31 points uh, on a porous Vikings defense. Um, I think they're going to try to establish Saquon more. Um, you know, he was nicked up before, but he looked really healthy against Minnesota. Uh, I think they want to get him going, you know, because he's a key factor in this. I think Saquon may do more damage in the passing game than he do, will the running game. Okay. So I'm going to say under in terms of the running total. Okay, good. Again, you're leading me right into this. So Saquon catches out of the backfield, six and a half. Uh, I'll say seven out of necessity. Okay, because I don't think I don't think their wide receiving core can get open with the frequency that you want to see pass catchers get open with, and and, and they love to throw that underneath crossing route to Saquon. He's been very effective in that regard to help open things up. Uh, I don't think the Eagles have a linebacker that can stay with him. You know okay. when he starts those crossing routes, I'm gonna say over. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's a good good number. All right, so let's go. I'm going to use Hodgins because he had the big week last week. Right. Okay, Isaiah Hodgins, who, who, by the way, was on the street, basically, I think. Or they grabbed him off the Bills practice squad. They grabbed him off waivers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So he was – anybody could have gotten him, and he's he's been decent for them. Let's go catches for him. I'm going to set the over-under at four and a half. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, Because as you were setting it up, I'm saying in my mind five. You know, yeah. I don't think he'll kill this this secondary between Slay and the back end, how they blank and big receivers at time. I'm going to say right at five for him. So, yes, I'm going over with that. Okay. But I think he's going to have a catch in the fourth quarter, a meaningless catch in the fourth quarter to put him over that five total. Okay. All right. That, that, that's fair. Now, um, I'm going to go to the Giants defensive side of this thing in mm. terms of sacks. This is just team sacks, nobody individually. Okay. Okay. Three and a half. I'll say three. I'm right at three for them. They had four the first game. I'm going to say three. I think this Eagles offensive line, if Lane can hold up, they're not they're not going to get him from from Lane's side. You know that's for sure. If Lane steps out on the field, even if he's not 100, percent he's good enough to play the game. Mm-hmm. And his numbers are ridiculous in terms of when was the last time he gave up, gave up a sack. Right. Lane takes a lot of pride in that, no question about it. 
that would be a shame if, if it, you know, he's out there and, you know, yeah. he's not himself and he gives one up and the streak break, you know, he gets broken because of that. That, that would be a shame. The, the, the concern, yeah, I agree. The concern for me is which Jordan Mylotta shows up because yeah. he's been inconsistent in terms of pass blocking. Yeah. You know, which my, and if they can identify, they can attack Jalen from a lot of side, you're going to see a lot of pressure there. But when you set the over under at three and a half, I'm going to say three. They'll be lucky to get to Jalen three times. He's had kind of a weird year, Jordan has. Like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was better last year. He's kind of regressed. Now, the, the question is, is he playing through something we don't know about? Right, right. You know, he had that shoulder. Shoulder, earlier. yep. Is yep. that going to be one of these deals where after the season ends, oh, he had to, he had to get a scope or he had to get that cleaned yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know. You know, like I said, the Eagles, like every team, is really good at disguising and, and, and certain things that are happening to individual players. We don't know. You know, he's had good moments. There was a stretch where he was playing bad, you know. Yeah. And then he's kind of leveled out to where he's had his good moments and his bad moments. Um, you know, hopefully uh, he can hold up in this game and give us those really good moments and allow the Eagles to 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 run their offense with the fluidity they want to run it with. But I'm going to say three times max the Giants get to Jalen. Yeah, I, I, it's, I wonder, too, like – I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, but does Jalen, if he looks like he's about to be wrapped up, just go down? I'm kind of okay with that, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Whereas before he 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 you know before he's trying to fight, he's yeah. trying to wiggle out of something and survive, so that might jack up the uh, the sack totals a little bit. True, the, uh, that's true. Still. Because yeah. we think Jalen's healthy, but we don't know. We real we really don't know. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Um, all right. So we ran through both sides of this thing. Um, and how we, we, we see this shaking out. The interesting thing is from a total standpoint, so I, I'm always trying to keep my eye on how much this thing is moving here with the line. Yeah, It's still seven and a half and it's 48. Now the okay. Eagles put up a 48 spot themselves the last time right. they played on, right. on uh, December or week 14. I like, I kind of like the over in this thing, Derek. Do you? Yeah, just the general over I like a little bit. Um. Well, I said earlier uh, on the show last night, I thought they would win it 27 to 17. But the more I think about it, the more I feel that, you know, the, the Vikings scored 24 points. Um, and Eagle, Eagles can easily score 24 points if they're on all cylinders right. against this Giants team. So as I look at it now, I, I, I'm going to go over. I, I, yeah. I'm really, I'm going to go over in this game in terms of t- point total. You're right. They racked up 48 on this Giants defense. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you on the over in this, this, I, I'd be surprised if the line doesn't drop a little bit to seven or six and a half. I don't think it stays yeah, at seven yeah. and a half. I'd be really surprised at that. I agree it. because wasn't it six and a half earlier and it, it was seven and, yep. and now it's at seven and a half. Yep. You know, and like I said, we always talk about Vegas knows something that we don't know. Amen. Amen. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to stick. I'm going to go over on this in this, uh, the point total. All right, when we come back, uh, Coach Marcus is going to join us. We'll, we'll get his insights, what his keys are to this game. We'll run some of these things past him as well regarding the offensive approach, the defensive approach, what the Giants are going to do, how impressed he was with the Giants last week against the Vikings. We'll get into all those kind of things. we got our NFL segment coming up at 2 o'clock. A lot of movement, Derek. We mentioned Greg Roman. There's other there's other coaches on the move too, uh, assistants and whatnot, guys getting bounced and, and, and stuff like that. So we'll dig into that too. When we return, don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett off today. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right now, I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. 
They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They're just a quick phone call away, and they are experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, we're in that time of year right now with you know some, some rain and some winds could really bring your branches down or a tree down. It's a good time to get your trees evaluated to make sure that they are sturdy enough to be able to hold up. You go to their Instagram or Facebook page for a sampling of their work or a little bit more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Thursday, getting you set for the Eagles and the Giants on Saturday evening, Lincoln Financial Field. All right, joining us right now has an awesome podcast, which you should check out. Uh, really, really well done. Pro Fan Talk. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach underscore Marcus, Marcus with a K, zero six uh, on Twitter. And we love talking to him, getting his insights. And he's a, a frequenter of the chat room as well. Uh, Coach Marcus, what's going on, my man? How you doing? What's up? Good, good afternoon, fellas. It The time is near. I am ready to <laughs> rock and roll, man. I'm with you. Can we just, like, fast forward today? Like, can we just get yeah. a little bit closer to this thing? No, no, no. Don't fast forward. Uh, Lane Johnson needs all the rest he can get. Yeah. <laughs> and Jalen. gives Jalen a little bit more time. It's a good point. Absolutely. Uh, so you lo- let's start there then. You love having the buy. It's great. It lets guys heal. You don't have to beat yourself up the week before and all that. From a fan perspective, and I got to ask you as your insight as a player too. I know by like Thursday, Friday, I'm like, oh, can we just get to this thing? Is it hard as a player too when you've had coming off a buy or a little extended time off to stay in that in that zone that you need to be in? Um, if it's longer than a than your normal bye week, yes. Like if you're coming off of, of an injury or something like that, uh, I know uh, Barrett's told stories where you're on the free agent wire waiting for somebody to pick you up. That's a different set of circumstances. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you've got a bye week, you're looking forward to that bye week. You're looking forward to that rest. Um, when I was playing, it was a little bit different because we actually practiced. Now, you know, nowadays they don't do that so much. So, but as far as the mental aspect of it, if you are in a bye week, you would your, your regular schedule really didn't change much. You might get an extra day off, but that was about it. So as long as you're in the city, in the facility, around the same people, that schedule kind of remains the same. It, mm-hmm. For for a lot of guys, that just gives them extra time to to watch film. So uh, it's not too bad um, mm-hmm. for a normal bye week. Everything should be good. Okay. Marcus, we always talk about how momentum is so big in in this game, especially when it gets to the playoff level. But when you look at the possibility of momentum shifts in this game, I think even if at some point the Eagles lose momentum because of the superior talent that they have overall, they can overcome that a lot easier than this Giants team that obviously that has been riding this momentum wave to get to this point. Absolutely. Very similar to what happened uh, when we played Jacksonville and Chicago. Mm -hmm. Uh, We made some mistakes early, but we got it together, came back and did what we have to do. So what we can't do is Mm -hmm. 
like the situation a couple weeks ago where we dropped six picks or something like that. When you're in the playoffs, you must, I repeat, you must take advantage of every opportunity you Mm -hmm. get. If -hmm. you can't capitalize on it, it's going to cost you. So we've got to minimize those missed opportunities. When we get a chance to get that ball in our hands as a secondary, we got to take it. You know, if, if we uh, we can't miss on the long passes on the outside to AJ and Devontae and even right. Dallas, we got to be able to hit those guys in stride and get those big plays when they're given to us. Mm. Derek, you want to follow up? I got to hop off for one second. Excuse okay. me. Okay. Yeah, um, you know, um, it's too much, too much being made of the fact that, and I've brought this up several times when you look at the Eagles down the stretch, they finished two and two, but we have become so spoiled because they were winning the turnover battle consistently. The last four games, they didn't. They have not won the turnover battle. And as you, and what made me think about that is that they can't drop these picks. You've got to pounce on the loose balls. You can't let the ball squirt free and go back to the opposition. You know, is is it too much to be made of the fact they have not won the turnover battle the last four games? No, it's not too much to make of that because again, those the the games were arguably not as important, but the results were the same. If you don't get those, if we don't yeah. give up a third and thirty. In Dallas, we probably win that game. Yeah. Um, if you know the situation in uh, uh, Jalen made a couple of bad decisions in Chicago. Right. We come back, uh, but again, go. Let's go back to Dallas. We get two sacks in a row. This is right yeah. before the third and thirty. Yep. And we get a fumble, but we don't recover. Yep. Uh, we miss the sack. We don't get them down on the sack, and they get a crucial first down. Those are the opportunities that you have to take advantage of. Um, you know, Slate can't let the ball hit him in the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> things like that man like this is where you need your playmakers to make plays it's that mm. simple you don't have to do anything complicated the guys that you pay all of this money for it's time for them to step up because all eyes are on you mm. marcus what, what do you make of slay's play uh, really over the last i don't know six seven weeks somewhere in that neighborhood where he was felt like so dominant where either they weren't throwing to him he was getting picks he was breaking up balls whatever Teams aren't afraid to go after him now. Like, what, what do you what do you make of that? Um, they just found a weakness. They've been watching film like everybody else, and mm-hmm. they found something that was working for them and not working for the Eagles. And let's be clear. Uh, I, I At the beginning of the year, I was like, Bradbury is the linchpin in that secondary. It's C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Mm-hmm. When he gets back in that secondary, that whole tone changes. Right. So he missed that help. Uh, the Josiah Scott experience has not been great. It's, it's gotten better, but it hasn't been great. So there's not a lot of backup. Um, and there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, sloppy play, if you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But he's owned up to it. But now the, the good thing about the playoffs, you can wipe all of that off the table. It's like, okay, talk is over. <clears throat> you got to put it to use right now. Mm. Now it's time for your experience and everything else that comes with that as a veteran player, especially somebody who's been in the year, in the league for 10 years. Right. Marcus, we've we've been in such a gray area the last couple of weeks uh, with Jalen Hurts. You know how how close to 100 percent is he? Is he still hurting? Are the Eagles covering this thing up? When he steps out on the field and takes the first, let's say the first series, and no matter what he does, what is it that you're going to look for from Jalen that will make you say, "All right, that's the Jalen Hurts we've watched much of this season"? Or wait a minute, something doesn't seem right with this dude. The first RPO. We, I'm not concerned about his throwing. He can still throw. 
But that first RPO, uh, I don't want him to look like he did that last week uh, with the Giants. Mm -hmm. He looked tentative. He looked like he was, you know, not being Mm -hmm. as aggressive as he normally is. And it was very easy to see. Everybody said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are the Giants defense, you would be stupid not to go after him. Mm -hmm. You know, if if they come up to a set that you recognize as a defense and you think they're running RPO, I'm telling everybody, attack the running back, make Mm -hmm. him pull it, make him run it. We're going to test that shoulder. They can call it a bounty. I call it good gamesmanship. You're going to test it. Is he going to favor it? Is he going to try to run out of bounds? You got to see what he's going to do with it. Mm -hmm. Um, We need Jalen to be, to your point, 100%, and we need him to play like the MVP he's been all season. If not, that's a problem, which means he's going to have to drop back, which means the protection is going to have to be on point. It just disrupts too many things because too many things work off of him running the Mm -hmm. RPO then using it as play action, then using it as run pass, more emphasis on pass, everything blooms off of that. So we got to keep it going. And if that is not there, the defense is going to capitalize off of that. How um, do you think that they will stay committed to the run throughout the game, even if it's not clicking early? To me, that's the big X factor. I do not know. Uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen have not shown me the last half of this year that they are willing to run the ball with the Pro Bowl running back we got in the backfield. Um, I still say that game in Chicago was a travesty. Um, I was upset because Sirianni's from Ohio, not far from where I'm from. He knows what cold weather is. Why would you run the ball 17 times in Chicago? Mm. You know, or or at least give the ball to Miles Sanders and let him go. If 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 Miles Sanders, if they, if we ran him like a number one back, it is my opinion that he would have led the league in Russia this year. He would have beat Derrick Henry if mm. we ran him like that. But for whatever reason, we get pass drunk and don't want to pass hand the drunk. ball. I like that. Man, yeah. that, that shout out to Dan Olofsky. I heard him say that, and I was like, that, that is the perfect term. Yeah, it's a good but term. We, we all know we have arguably one of the best offensive lines in football, period. Use them. Use them. Until the Giants can show us that they can stop our running game, mm-hmm. run the ball, make it balanced. Obviously, you're going to make it balanced, but make the run be your force. Make that be the jab. You can pop them in the mouth and put them on their heels a little bit. And everybody knows we got it, but for whatever reason, we don't use it. That is the scariest thing about our team. We match up with anybody we will come across in the playoffs. The one thing I'm concerned about is getting out coached. Yeah. We've watched this team run with authority for so much this season. But when you look at the numbers across the board, the last four games in particular, well, I'll throw out that last Giants game because mm-hmm. that was basically a practice game, you know. Um, they ran the ball 33 times in Chicago, struggled to get a buck 12. They ran the ball 29 times in Dallas, 87 yards. Only ran the ball 15 times against a Saints defense it was given up over 130 yards a game, okay? And it wasn't like the Saints were, were, were putting distance between them and the Eagles to force the Eagles to pass more. It was just driving us nuts. Why are you throwing a ball against this, especially with Marshawn Lattimore back there? And lo and behold, Minshew throws a pick six. Burned him. Are you, when you look at the tape, because I always say, you know, whether you're a current player or former player, you guys see certain things that that us in the media like me and Rob don't see. We we miss. 
when you look at their running game the last several games, what do you see? Do you see something that's been missing in terms of how they try to assert or lack thereof their dominance along that offensive line? I, I think they just need to do it earlier to establish because you can – what you should do is you test the waters. You go everywhere you need to go so you can find a weakness. Mm-hmm. Once you find that weakness, you exploit it. If it's on – the right side, if it's in the middle, whatever you're looking for, you're looking for that chink in the armor, and then you go after it. Then you got to look at, are we still going to try to run everything out of gun? We give up, as a running back, we give up way too much when you run Miles Sanders out of gun. Put mm-hmm. him in the back, get under center, and let's run a true play action. You can do both. You can do both. So what I think they need to do is they need to expand the formations they're lining up in to run you got to be under the center you got to be in pistol and you can do gun you should be able to run play action and throw the ball out of all of those sets and for some reason all they do they stick to the gun formation every now and then they'll sprinkle in um the pistol and every now and then they'll line uh they'll put sanders six yards deep and put Jalen under center Mm. that's in my opinion that's what they need to do a little bit more because you force the linebackers to pay attention to where that ball is going. And all you need to do is get them to take one or two steps up. That creates about five yards of space in the middle. Now you got some lanes open. So it's the, I heard you mention this before D gun. It's the chess match that we have Mm -hmm. to win. And -hmm. it's like, we're not winning that right now. How -hmm. much do you worry about being out coached? I mean, Dable's done a hell of a job. You know, Martindale, Martindale's legit as a D coordinator. How much do you worry about that factor just generally, Marcus? Uh, uh, a lot because they haven't shown me that they are going to, they haven't shown me that they can find the weakness and exploit it. They haven't shown me where they can say, okay, might be some things not working. Let's go back to our tried and true. Let's go back to running the ball and forcing it down their throats. I don't understand. It's too obvious not to be able to do that. They still get in those situations where at least the optics of it is uh, they don't know what to call. So they run that wide two-by-two formation and throw that wide receiver screen to the left or to the right, which which everybody and their mom knows that's coming, and it's easy to defend. So just things like that, opening up the playbook, you got to let it all fly right now because now everything is on the line. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you are an inferior team. If you are in the playoffs, all all it takes is one bad game and you home. Mm -hmm. And – I don't know if just like we'll say a quarterback doesn't have playoff experience. It works the same way with the coaches. What are you going to do when you get in that and it's it's on the line? Are you going to call you prime example? You look at what Doug Peterson did down in Jacksonville. That play he called on fourth and one yeah. in mm-hmm. a in a basically a wishbone set yeah. and he ran yep. outside. I was like, that was a masterpiece. Brilliant. And I look at and I look at us and it's like, okay. Everybody knows if it's third and short, they stack the box. How come we don't have a toss sweep outside? Mm. I don't ever see it. But we'll still try to run out of gun and have Miles Sanders running sideways. And it's as a running back, it's easier to catch as opposed to going downhill or as opposed to being six yard deep and you can take off and you know the pitch is going to get to you. That gives you an advantage. And worst case scenario, you're still going to get back to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So just different things like that, that to me, it seems like it's fundamental that they, 
maybe you just get too caught up in the in what's going on and maybe maybe you have a analysis paralysis by analysis is that what they call it yeah yeah, yeah. uh and, and you just freeze up and, and it's like um you can't do that know what works every team should have a play two or three plays that regardless of we're gonna run this they know we're gonna run it but they can't stop it mm. every team should have at least two or three of those <clears throat> plays and it seems like we we outthink ourselves too much Marcus, let me ask you this. Uh, a two-part question. The first part of the question is, if you're the Eagles coaches and you're preparing your team to face these junkyard dogs that nobody thought would be here at this point, what are you telling your players every day? Uh, I need you to be good on this play. I used to tell my kids that when I coached down here in South Jersey. I need you to win this play. Mm-hmm. If you don't win it, same rules apply. Now you go to the next play. I need you to win this play. And eventually you look at the long term. Did you win more than your opponent won? That's what it comes to, comes down to. If Everybody's not going to win every play. But you got to have that same mentality. And I need you to beat your man on this play because we need you to do it now. And collectively, you get everybody thinking in the same direction. That's why it's so much uh, better that Jalen Hurts is back in the fold and that mindset. He's steering the ship, mm-hmm. so everybody feeds off of him. Um, <clears throat> that's what that's what I would tell him. I just need. I know you're going to miss on some, but I need you to win. Go into it like you're going to win every play. And if you don't, next play, win that play. Okay. So if you're the Giants coaching staff, nobody expects you to make the playoffs, let alone be still standing this far into the playoffs. What are you telling these guys playing house? We're playing basically with house money right now. The, the first two games don't matter because mm. we're here. They think they're number one seed. They get all of this, and it's a Philly thing, and they're going through all that rigmarole down there in Philly. That doesn't amount to a hill of beans with what we're doing up here in New York. You guys earned your way to get here. Now let's go out there and prove it. They put their pants on one leg at a time just like us. Mm-hmm. And I would go through every position. I would go through every position, and I would say, who are you matched up against? Why are they going to beat you? You tell me why they can beat you and you go down every position and you get people thinking like, why is that guy so much better than me? And there's really no answer. It, it comes down to who's got the the, the stronger will. Am I going to let him beat me on this play or the next play when it's third and short? Am I going to, you know, do my swim technique and get, get home and cause a turnover, just different things mm-hmm. like that, winning that battle and imposing your will on your opponent. Uh, mm. Let's go to tight end. Hawkinson took them apart last week. Okay. Uh, and they've had trouble all year against tight ends. And I think Dallas Goddard is a phenomenal tight end uh, who another guy, you know, this little extra time probably bought him, you know, some more health with that, that shoulder issue. He should be a big part of this. No. I mean, should he have a big game on on Saturday night? I, I think he'll be huge if we get him the ball. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I think we do have that triple threat. They can't, I don't think they match up with everybody. You know, uh, Landon Collins was limited. He's coming off injury. I'm looking at my notes here, and, and what's the guy? Is it Jackson? Adoree Jackson? Adoree. He, he was on yeah. Jefferson last week. Right. Yep. So you got you got one with a coming off an ankle injury and somebody else coming off a back injury. Let's test that early. Let's, let's see just how healthy you are. They're going to do the same thing with Lane. They're going to send the send the, send no the Funk Lane's way, either Thibodeau, or whoever's on the other side, but they're going to test that. So we got to do the same thing. If if you got somebody that's limping, 
or if you got somebody that's not 100%, we got to find them. And we got to exploit them mm-hmm. the same way all these teams was doing when we trotted out Josiah Scott out there. They knew what to attack. They put them in a slot, and that's exactly where they went, and we couldn't stop it. So to me, that's simple. That is not complicated. It doesn't take a pro-level coach to do that. You just got to look at uh, what you have in front of you, take the information that your players are giving you, and go for it. Mm. Do you like the way the Eagles have dropped uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson down to the slot at, at times? Obviously, they feel they have a lot of uh, uh, comfort with, with a young kid blanking ship in the back end. Or would you rather see C.J. stand on the back end uh, for security reasons? Uh, I like him in the slot. I like him where he can be aggressive. I think it's better. Uh, maybe that'll get him, give him a little bit more incentive to go a little bit more man-to-man coverage uh, when we can. Mm-hmm. I like him in the slot. He 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 can go either way because he's got the you know the um the experience to do that. I like Blankenship. Uh I wish he was a little bit faster, but he makes up for that. He's a little bit smarter and headier than than most guys his age. So I like him where he is. And the more experience mm-hmm. he gets, the better he gets. So I think they got uh Gardner Johnson in the right spot. Okay. Is momentum okay. real in this situation? In other words, the Giants are coming off the win, even though they didn't finish great, but they, they're coming off a win, and the Eagles have been kind of languishing here. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, momentum is real. Rust is real. All of that kind of stuff. For, for me, momentum is when everybody on your team, it's like being in the zone. <clears throat> everybody knows what everybody else is doing. Nobody's saying nothing. It's, it's nonverbal communication. When your team is on the same page, Everything is moving. You see everything around you. You know, you automatically know if if you're a guard, if your center needs help. You, you don't even have to look. You automatically know. You start feeling things. And everybody is working on the same page. Uh, you go into film sessions. Everybody on the, on the offensive line is getting pluses. Everybody's getting their blocks. All Everybody on the defense is making tackles. It's just a, a thing that goes and you get comfortable with it. And it gets better and stronger and it rolls faster and faster. And that's what what happens when you get momentum. Everybody's on the same page on the field. That's dangerous. Mm. All right, Marcus, I I want you to be the prognosticator now. How do you see this game playing itself out? Uh, I think the Eagles get it together. I think it's going to be a close game, but we we get busy in the fourth quarter and ends up 31-21 Eagles. Mm. Okay. All right. So the easy you can put a late touchdown or a late field goal to push it to 10. Yeah. yeah. Early. I got to ask you early because I'm on this thing. I, I'll keep beating it to the ground. <laughs> First play of the game from offense. I am doing a design. Here we go. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Now go ahead and tell them what you said. And I'm going to tell them what I've said. Okay. And see which way he goes. All right. So I want the design run to tell everybody, hey, man, there's no holds bars. There's no restrictions on this. I, we're letting him loose, man. That's where I'm at. Gunner. Gunner's looking deep shot, looking for the kill right out of the, the, the haymaker, if you will. Uh, what are you doing first play from scrimmage? Mm. Eagles offensively. Play action, go deep. Wow. Wow. There's no there, – there's no uh... – <laughs> Put you on the spot, my man. Oh, he's speechless right That's now. Right. Honestly, first time we've ever had Marcus speechless. Honestly, you can't, you can't do play action without the play. So I would run it first. I would oh, run it first. Oh, man. I, well, no, I would run it first to see how they're acting, to see what they're looking for, and then go from there. I might I might not even hit the long shot until maybe third down mm. because I would run it, do an RP. I would either do Miles Sanders or an RPO first. 
Then, like, if I run Sanders first, RPO comes second. Then I take the long shot. Regardless of what we – if we get a first down, that next first down, I'm going long. So I would do it like that, but I would test the waters to see what they're thinking because you, Brian Dayball is no fool. Nope. So he should expect something like that. So test the waters, see how they're looking, see how they're playing, and come up with it. The good thing about uh, Derek, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't mind a long shot. That's just what I would do. I was, I would, I would see, I would hand the ball off to see how those linebackers and those DBs are coming up to see if they're prepared to get physical and make tackles. All right, then, I gotta ask you. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Scott. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna jump on another game, but finish your point. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, uh, test the waters to see how those DBs are gonna act. Okay. And then make your decision based off of that. If you see him being, if you see those defensive backs being aggressive, you hit that double move and you go long. AJ or Devontae on the fly. Like it. Well, like some, it. I, I just I, I wanted to hit you quickly with the uh he 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 worked both ends of the both sides of the fence there, Derek, very well. <laughs> oh, he, you know he should be a politician. That's right. Uh <laughs> Senator Marcus. Um uh, <laughs> lastly, the Niners and the Cowboys. Just curious what you think in that game. Who comes out of that one? I think the 49ers will take that one. Uh, I just think that what D'Amico Ryans is doing and what Shanahan mm-hmm. is doing, um, they are winning every chess match. Mm-hmm. Every player in their at their skill position is is a queen. It's they can maneuver them all over the all over the board, man. And all mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has to do, he's making good throws. But yep. all he's got to do is put the ball in the hands of his playmakers. Brendan Ayuk, CMC, Debo, mm-hmm. Kittles. You got a full house, man. Yep. And all he's got to do is get them to him and let them do what they do. And that's exactly – Shanahan is not making it complicated. He knows what he has, and they are very good, like I said earlier, and finding the weakness in their opponent and going at him. Yeah. And their defense is aggressive. Them boys, that kid at safety. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, oh, Mara, pro bowler. Yeah, oh, man. He got a USC. Hofunga. I call, him, I call him Palomalu reincarnated. Yeah, Hofunga. Yeah. <laughs> He's a beast. Them boys are laying hats. Them yeah, boys are laying are. hats. And they are super aggressive. And, again, they know what they have. They know what they have with Brock Purdy. They can talk about. Mr. Relevant all they want. All I know is that kid is putting the ball where it needs to be. That's right. And he's That's putting right. the ball into the hands of who needs to have it. Mm-hmm. And they're winning games. Yeah, well said. Hey, well hey, Marcus, said. Right. one more thing. Yeah. Go deep. Just go deep. <laughs> <laughs> you knew he wasn't just going to let that go. You knew it's he was. Good. It's all exactly. good. No, you got to catch him napping, man. You go deep. No, you say, guess what, man? I'm Jalen Hurts. Let me put the Superman no. sign on right now. I need to, I need to see if I need to see if he's re- I need to see yeah. if Jalen is ready to rock and roll right yep. off the bat. Jalen, now that's it, that's a that sets the tone though. If if Jalen pulls the RPO and goes for 10 or 12, they know right off the bat we got a problem. Yeah. Yep. Okay. True. So it's, it's etched in their mind. They ran over us for 253 yards. Exactly. So I'm faking that handoff, drawing everybody in. Boom. Jalen, I mean, uh, AJ over here, Devontae over here. Somebody's going to be free on the backside. If you imagine if they scored on that first play, the house will come oh, down. The, the place will nuts. explode. Yeah. It would go nuts. But, yep. but I tell you what, I think your scenario will happen, though. Uh, I think your scenario will happen. I don't think they're going to because they haven't shown us that they can run the ball first all right. year. So right. why would I expect anything different? So I think mm-hmm. your scenario is a little bit more likely right off the bat. 
Spoken like under. a true politician. There you go. <laughs> hey, Rob, I meant to tell you, man, Rob, you triggered me, dude. What I, I was listening earlier when you started talking about European bacon. Right? Oh. They don't cook it, man. I, I I remember I spent three seasons in the World League. I was in Scotland, yeah. so I was right oh. up the road. Yes. Oh. So, yes, man, my food over there was uh, next to we, – we, the hotel was right at the train station in Glasgow. Right. Oh. And there is – and everything you said was true, man – there was a fish and chip shop. There was a Indian uh, tikka shop. Yeah. And there was a Chinese restaurant and also an Italian restaurant. The yep. Chinese food was fire. The Italian yep. food was off the chains. Yeah. And I would get some traditional uh, fish and chips with the yep. brown sauce in the newspaper. Yep. Man, I was set, dude. Yeah. I was oh, set. Look, that brown, brown sauce. What? Brown oh, yes. Yeah. It's good. It, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. I don't, uh, what, what? It's, it's called HP sauce over here. Yeah. It's pretty good, what? man. You yeah, got it. You like, like it. Yeah, it's... I, hey, Marcus, I told him when I went to London a few years ago to cover the Eagles, you know, we had done a show. Barrett and I did a show during the week, and we found an English restaurant in Philly. You know, mm-hmm. they cook authentic food, and they brought in eight different kinds of foods, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, flavoring these foods, man. You know. <laughs> no. so, it is bland. It is so, definitely bland. No. So yeah. when I got, to, when I got to, to London, all I had was, and I got there on a Friday, game was on a Sunday, I had to get on a plane Monday, right? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not chancing it. All I had the whole weekend: Chinese food, Italian food, and like you said, yep. both were fire. The whole off the, weekend. Off the yep. Funny, funny story. When we got to Scotland, uh, after we got through training camp, everybody brought their girlfriends and wives over. What do you think the girlfriends and wives had? What? Seasoned salt, lorries. There you go. They had all the, all of these spices because you're right. They don't they don't season their food. Oh true. man, it's true. So, yeah. And, I was like, I, their potatoes are great, but get away from the bacon and the sausage, man. It's not cooked. Oh. That's, all, that's all people. And Marcus knows. It, it's if They do not yeah, cook. I, whatever. It's, that's their thing. Um, Marcus, great stuff. We see uh, you know, ProFan Talk, of course, YouTube channel, at ProFan, yeah, and, of course, at Marcus underscore, yeah. at Coach Marcus, uh, at Coach underscore Marcus 6. There you go. Hey, you guys, you guys got to catch me tonight on my show, 7 o'clock on A2D okay. Radio. Nice. My guest is Myron Guyton. Myron oh, yeah. played with the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Myron was one of my teammates at Eastern Kentucky. Okay. And I think uh, Jesse Small is going to join on. Je- Jesse played uh-huh. here in Philly for three seasons. Another yeah. one of my teammates for Eastern Kentucky. So EKU is repping. So you guys had some players, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesse, Myron, Jason Dunn's from Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, good yeah, yeah, from right. Eastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. John Jackson. That played in Pittsburgh. Aaron Jones played in Pittsburgh. Tim Lester played in Pittsburgh. Elroy wow. Harris played in Seattle. Man, we've got some feet. We got our, our claws in the NFL, man. Don't sleep wow. on EKU, baby. I like it. I like it. Marcus, good stuff, man. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate, it, appreciate you guys. Yeah, All man. right, man. That is Coach Marcus. Kind enough to hop on for a couple minutes. All right, Gunner, we're coming back, and it's NFL talk, my man. Uh, we're going to dig into the comings and the goings here with some of these – some assistant coaches – uh, a lot more goings than comings, but guys getting canned. Uh, interesting story out of the Jets. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into all of it when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett off today. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, right now I want to tell you about Razor Technology. Yes, Razor Technology's comprehensive managed service provider solution delivers constant monitoring, on-demand assistance, and rapid issue resolution. Through data-vetted and insight-driven implementation, we strengthen our your existing IT resources with human power and expertise that reduces security risks and downtime while enhancing organizational efficiency 
and productivity. Yes, Razor Technology helps growing organizations adapt. Give them a call, 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit them online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. in everybody we are sports take jacob sports youtube network Derek, i don't know what it's like where you're at it almost looks like nighttime where i'm at it is dark uh, i'm looking out the window rain i'm in my bed i'm in my bedroom up here i'm looking out the window it's dreary but it's not as dark as where you are which means yeah 
you know what? The apocalypse is upon you. Probably coming. It's coming. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, all right. So let's hit a couple things NFL wise. So Byron Leftwich and as many as five offensive assistants and two defensive assistants are, are expected to be out. Leftwich is official. The others are, are expected to be announced soon. You know, so funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, no, just going to say cause that, that so that, you know, obviously Bowles is safe, but they're clearing house there in Tampa. Well, somebody's got to take a fall for that mess. And obviously yeah. uh, Todd Bowles has a lot of respect, but I, you know, we talked about this earlier in the week and as much as I love Todd Bowles, he's one of the nicest human beings you ever wanted to meet. I don't know if he's head coaching material to be honest, you know, now he was put in bad situations when he was with the uh, jets, you know, of course, then again, a lot of people were put in bad situations there left was just, it wasn't that long ago. He was considered one of the brilliant minds, offensive minds in all of football and, you know, destined to be the next head coach, uh, a head coach in the National Football League. And now all of a sudden, he's the odd man out. Um, if, if I'm that Tampa Bay organization, and I don't know how they arrived at, at, at Leftwich being at fault for this, you had a team that was decimated by injuries. An offense, especially along the offensive line, that was decimated by injuries. Your pass catchers were in and out with injuries. You never had a full complement of weapons. Um this entire season for the most part, you didn't even get your pro bowl center back until like what the last game of the season, very last game, yeah. you know? So I don't know how they determined that Leftwich uh, is the main culprit behind all this, but then, you know, who knows what was said behind closed door? Who knows? Maybe it was a mutual agreement that it was time to go. I know Brady loved him. You know, Brady talked him up all the time and you could see on the sidelines, he had a great chemistry. Um, but you know what? That's the nature of the, the, the NFL, you know, uh, when you think, I mean, I mean, we we thought we we thought both Todd and Staley were were coaches on the hot seat that could be let go, and obviously, all, all of a sudden, the henchmen are the one that are getting the trap doors opened on them. So it's you know, it's not surprising we see it happen all the time. But I I, I, th- I thought there was basically more of the personnel issue more so than the coaching issues. Well, he, here's the hard, like here's the tough thing if you're an assistant coach like I, I left, which I think had an opportunity to to get the Jacksonville job last year, right? played there, you know, and he turned it down, I guess, because he didn't trust management. You were coming off the whole Urban Meyer mess and all that. So he stays in his comfort zone in Tampa. Hard to fault him for that. But the problem is like these opportunities only come up so often. So do you jump at it when you know, maybe it's not ideal? Uh, You know, I would probably lean towards yes and hope you can, get it right. Even with a team like Washington, with a, a maniac like Daniel Snyder owning yeah, it, yeah. you may never get your chance again. So you turn it down. You know, you better be comfortable with that, that you, you, you might not have another opportunity. Let's face it, Rob, a lot of coaches jump at opportunities because it's the next great challenge. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, maybe left, which is true to himself and realize he's not ready for that responsibility. You know, there are some coaches that are true to themselves. Um, that basically say, you know what? I need to be who I am. I'm, I'm a better coordinator. I'm a better position coach than I am the, the guy who's the ringleader of the whole circus, you know, and maybe he, maybe he arrived at that point, look, took a good look, hard, took a good hard look at himself in the mirror and realized that maybe he wasn't head coaching material yet, even though the numbers said he was, you know, if that was the case, kudos to him for realizing it. And how many times have we seen coaches that jump into head coaching positions and you know, they weren't ready for them. It doesn't take long. Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Clint Kingsbury, yeah. Adam Gase, Urban you know, Meyer, Urban Meyer. 
you know, these are these are guys that just weren't ready to do it, but they took it because of the the what it looked like on their resume and the money. You know, that, that money they dangle in front of you now as a head coach in the National Football League, man, that's bait that a fish can't can't overlook. You can't pass. You you take the hook. Yeah. You know, and, and it didn't work out for Hackett, but I, I wonder if Hackett stays out of the game, how long do they have to pay him? If you're paying me my salary for the next couple of years, even though now I'm looked upon as somebody who's not ready to be a head coach, I'm set because I'm going to get back in the game at some point at a position as a position coach. If I get back in the game after sitting out a, a year or two with six, seven, eight million dollars in my bank account, that's not a bad business decision, right there. Right, and and therein lies the issue with that. Like, do you just say, "Hey, man, they're paying me for four more years. I'm, I'm yes. gonna sit on a beach somewhere." Yes. But the problem is, you know, the longer you're out, the more people forget about you. It's like anything else. So do you do you just take a year and get right back into it to keep your name fresh? Or do you go right back into it? Like some people are talking about Hackett maybe getting the Jets offensive coordinator gig. I, I don't I don't know. It's a tough, mm. you know, balancing act there. Look at look at how the NFL is so cyclical, Rob. And look at how many coaches are recycled elsewhere. It's a small, close-knit fraternity. You know, Coach X he coached with me at Bug Tussle University, or right. he, you know, he came up the ranks with me when I broke in as an intern with the one of the NFL teams, you know, and you know, he had bad, he had a bad situation where he was. And, you know, I think he's worthy of another shot. I mean, when he was in Green Bay, he was deemed a really good offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you know. And every year there's going to be anywhere from three to five to six jobs that open up, you know. So if you're going to pay me that kind of money, I got to think long and hard about what I want to do financially, you know, especially yeah. if you're a guy with a family, small kids. I guess yeah, look, look at a guy like uh, Doug Peterson. Now, he only sat out one year. But, hey, look, I get to watch the kids grow up a little bit more, get to help the wife out with the kids more, get to do some of the things I can't do as a normal parent. And I've got a seven-figure income coming in to do nothing virtually for a year or two. It's not a bad way to go. No, I listen, I hear you. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening. Now, the speculation, mm-hmm. the, the obvious first thought is, okay, what does this mean for Brady? Did mm-hmm. you know? Does that make him unhappy? Does it make him happy? Does it matter one way or the other? He's out of here or he's retiring. Like that's, there's the, the offshoot of that. And then you jump to Baltimore. What does Greg Roman leaving mm-hmm. mean towards Lamar Jackson staying? Or does mm-hmm. it not play into it? Just a money mm-hmm. thing, you know, at, at this point. With it's the, true. With him and the organization. Well, when you talk about Brady, now obviously he had a, he had a good relationship with uh, Leftwich. And we talk about the possibility if Brady decides to play one more year landing spot would be Vegas. Right. Who's the head coach there? Josh McDaniel. Had a lot of success with Josh in New England. Mm-hmm. You know, might not be a bad way to go. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, that's, there's an there's an offense there that's already loaded with talent, except now you got a question mark about the quarterback situation. But you're loaded with talent there at the receiver, the tight end, the running back position. The offensive line is not bad. I can work with that. If I'm Tom Brady, I can work with that. You know, that team wasn't as loaded as that Tampa Bay he left New England for to go to, and they win the Super Bowl the first year he's there. Um, but the team, you put the right quarterback in that situation, and, you know, Brady looked worn down a Monday night, but maybe he's rejuvenated at 46 years old. As crazy as that sounds. Could be. Maybe he's rejuvenated with Josh McDaniels and, and – you know, well, in, in Vegas. Let's stay there for a minute. Uh, SI.com's got an interesting piece on what kind of went down with Josh McDaniel and Derek Carr, who they're, they're going to part mm. ways with. 
So uh, this is an account of the way things were handled between McDaniels and Carr. So uh, according to, to the story, one of the players told the, the, the author, um, I had never heard Derek spoken to like Josh did. He didn't F-bomb him. He didn't ridicule him. But <clears throat> film sessions were brutal. They said while many players uh, were maybe tired of the length of McDaniels' film reviews, I think we all love that he was consistent. While Carr was no stranger to criticism from a coach, oftentimes, according to one member of the organization, he he never heard his mail read in front of the entire team like that. In other words, he wasn't aired out like that. Uh, in addition, they said Josh calls everyone out. It's why everyone talks about being consistent. He would call players coaches. I mean, hell, he even called out <clears throat> the people that bring the water uh, during the timeout that it wasn't quick enough. <laughs> As one person said, the Patriot way of mindlessly going over every detail is now the Raider way. Josh is fair. He will call out a player and a coach. This is not good for some people. Uh, I asked how they felt that impacted Derek. Quote, he holds the ball and touches the ball on half the plays every game. Of course, he got ripped more than anyone. He was the guy who touched the ball more than anyone. I felt that McDaniels was unfairly putting everything on him. I share the sentiments above with Derek's best friends on the team who said, I can see that looking back. I don't think Josh was too hard on Derek. I don't think he was taking such blunt criticism in front of the team before. And that hurt him. So anyway, whatever, just to give you a little context of what the way that relationship went with those two guys. Maybe Derek couldn't handle the criticism. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. everywhere he went, he's been handled with kit gloves, been patted on the back, even when he should be scolded. Yeah. And here's a coach who says, you know what? I'm letting everybody know that you're equal here. I'm calling out everybody. And as we talk about time and time again, today's football players are not like the dudes in the 70s and 80s, man. You got ripped and made you tougher. You went out there, you played harder. Whether you liked the coach or not, you were ticked off because you got singled out in front of your peers and you played harder. Some of these guys shut down nowadays. You call them out too much. Yeah. You know, maybe Derek falls in that category. I don't know. But obviously, if there's going to be a parting of ways, there's got to be some truth to that story. Well, I'll tell you, the other thing you, that you have to be, I guess, leery of a little bit if you're an organization, like Belichick can pull certain things off that his assistants can't. Joe right, Judge was right. trying to do stuff la the last two years with the Giants that Belichick can get away with, I'm and sure you can't get away with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's – got to be careful. Like, you can't be such a clone of Belichick, even though you believe in the way things were done there if you're an assistant. And it sounds like McDaniels mm -hmm. is a – you know, a disciple and a devotee. It's got to be careful. You, you got to. Everybody's different, I guess. You have you have to build that resume as a head coach before you can try to implement what what Belichick does. Now, I, I don't know. Belichick was like that from day one when he was in Cleveland or when he took over at New England. But you look at the measure of success a Belichick has had in National Football name. His name is still synonymous, even though even though the Patriots have fallen off since Brady left there. His name is still synonymous with excellence in the national football league, getting the most out of players, getting the right players to put you in a position to be competitive. You know, his, his subordinates, they have, they have him on the resume as a mentor, but they have to implement it once they take that next step to become a head coach. Now, I don't know anything about Josh McDaniels. Maybe the story is true to what degree. I don't know, but, at some point, when you coach today's players, especially when you're the new guy in the block and everybody's looking at you side-eyed like, okay, how are you going to turn us around? You have to prove yourself. I mean, I look at I look at guys like Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni. Right. They won the guys over, but yet there's still guys that can chew you out in a moment, and these guys are still going to play hard for you because they know 
you're doing it in their best interest. But if McDaniel's the type of guy that's just jawjacking and chewing people out all the time, you know what? The message wears thin after a while. Exactly right. You exactly. Uh, we mentioned off the, the, a little bit earlier that Byron Leftwich is out with the Bucks. So here are the other names, Derek, who are, who are out as well. So they're parting ways with six assistant coaches here. Okay. Uh, Leftwich is out. Uh, specialist coach Chris Boniel, remember him, former Eagle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's gone. Wide receivers coach Kevin Garver. Offensive quality control coach Jeff Castle. Assistant defensive line coach Lori Locust. Mm. And running backs coach Todd McNair. They're all out. Quarterbacks uh, coach Clyde Christensen. Senior offensive assistant Rick uh, Christoffel. And offensive line, or excuse me, outside linebacker coach Bob Sanders have all decided to retire. What? Yeah. So you had three there retire and six get canned. This and is you, a they're they are cleaning mess. house, man. And, and you notice you notice all of them except one were on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. Not the defensive side, the offensive side of the football. What is Todd Bowles' specialty? Defense. defense. So obviously he's taking care of his guys on the defense. Uh, maybe they need maybe they need to go in a different direction offensively, but. That's a high volume of offensive coaches to can at one time, man. I yeah. mean, well, can or guys who stepped down. Maybe the guys who retired saw what saw the writing on the wall. So you know what? I'm out. That's it. Could be. If you're gonna fire my buddy, I'm out. You know, we're not all to blame here. I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Hey, you know, but now he's got to find an entire new offensive staff. Woo. Man. Woo. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot, man. That's a lot of movement there. That's for sure. Believe this, if you will. Brandon Staley, the Chargers coach, felt like his job was never in jeopardy. Maybe he did. Maybe okay. he did. You know? Okay. Maybe he should feel like it's in jeopardy. Then he a should. Little bit more. But yeah. maybe, maybe he did. Maybe he has that carte blanche with that ownership. You know, Man. this is an organization that's so desperate for success. Uh, maybe they didn't want to turn over the reins too quickly. I mean, his first year he went nine and eight. Second year he went ten and seven. So obviously the meter is moving in the right direction. They have to get over this hump of being able to win a playoff game, and that was an embarrassing loss for that organization that has not had a good measure of playoff success historically. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, his defense was pretty good. You just got to fix some things with the offensive structure. And what did he do? Fire the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So now you got to go out and try to find the right guy to get your offense over the hump, to be, be a little bit more creative with your offense. But you cannot hide the fact that as the head man in charge, you made some glaring mistakes. You made a huge mistake playing your regulars that last regular season game. It cost you your number one receiver. Could he have made a big difference in the second half of that game? We'll never know now because he wasn't available. Absolutely. All right, so the a couple other odds and ends. The Colts have completed their interview of in-house candidate Jeff Saturday. See what happens there. Uh, It was not pretty. He took over and he got the initial win, and then it was a disaster after that uh, for Saturday. Uh, the Patriots have interviewed Alabama offensive coordinator, former Texan head coach Bill O'Brien, mm. for their vacant offensive coordinator position. That wouldn't surprise me one bit if that's where that goes. Bill O'Brien no. goes back there. No, yeah, he he was a good offensive coordinator yeah. when he was there. Yep, that that's his forte. I can see him going back. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you? you that know? makes perfect sense. Yep, maybe he's the missing link to get Dan, uh, Matt Jones to the next level. Maybe. Yeah. Yep, because Matt Jones came out as a rookie. Played very well for a rookie, you know. What did he set the NFL record for completions? Completions, consecutive yep. co- completions, and then all of a sudden it fell off the mat when you turned it over to Matt Patricia last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, 
you know, maybe maybe Bill O'Brien's a guy to bring the best out of Matt Jones. No question. No question. Mm-hmm. All right, Josina Anderson reporting that Vikings wide receiver coach Keenan McCardell uh, interview with the Patriots for the offensive, same offensive coordinator job uh, is today. So he'll interview today, Keenan McCardell. So we'll see what ends up Let's happening. Let's see. There. Receiver coach versus Bill O'Brien. I think it's a slam dunk. Which way right. you go there? And, and a guy who was already there too when Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah. and, oh heck yeah. You know, has worked with Belichick uh, over the years. No question. Yeah. So uh, this one, I'm – Surprised that I'm I know Barrett is not happy about this, but uh Matt Canada is back as the Steelers offensive coordinator. Here's what I know about the Steelers organization. They don't like a lot of turnover. And if you if you look at Kenny Pickett, the first half of the season compared to the second half of the season, he was a much better leader the second half of the season. Look at the touchdown pass he threw in that last game where he was pressured from the outside, floated across his body, and threw a strike for the game-winning touchdown across his body it in that was, last you, game. He was really good in that last game. Yes, he, he was. was. Really good, yeah. Um, you look at his last eight games, and in one game he had no passes. I'm assuming he got hurt early and left the game. So let's say seven, seven last games, five touchdown passes, one interception. That's not bad. Not bad for a team that was – missing a lot of components along the way that was like four or five games under sea level and fought back to finish with a winning record at nine and eight with a young quarterback. So I'm not surprised the Steelers decided to keep Canada. And I saw the comment this morning, a uh, reporter reported that uh, comments that he got from inside the organization was Canada's job was never in jeopardy. That's just outside. That was just outside rumors. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's staying, I'm not surprised one bit. You know, if you look at the history of this team, head coaches, assistant coaches, look how long Dick LeBeau was there. Right. You know, look how long Tomlin's been there. They're not giving into public pressure. That's the thing of any organization. They're the ones that, you know, they're going to be, you can have all the noise you want. We're doing, we're we're staying with what we believe in. We hired this guy for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And let's face it, you know, kudos to Tomlin. Tomlin's loyal to his people. Yep. And obviously he has enough carte blanche with, in that organization to not buckle under pressure from whatever outside pressure noise there might be. Yeah. And look, ultimately, the way that they've gone about things has has allowed them to be as successful as they've been for a long uh, time. No, no question. Uh, I, I yeah. covered that team for 10 years. You know, the measure, the measure of consistency in an organization is incredible compared to how many organizations have such a quick trigger in terms of pulling the plug on players, coaches, so on and so forth. That's why Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. He keeps his people intact. He's lo- maybe maybe say loyal to a fault, but for a head coach in today's National Football League, which is a revolving door sport, so many guys leaving free agency, the fact that this man has never had a losing season in 16 years, been to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, that's phenomenal. It's hard to do, man. Yeah. It's in on that league, it is really, really hard to do. That's for sure. Um, all right. So the Cowboys uh have brought in Tristan Vizcaino uh as insurance here in case Brett Maher, you know, mm-hmm. stinks up the joint the rest of the week, I guess, at practice, but he's on the practice squad. And and you remember initially, oh, we're not bringing in anybody. We're we're right. good. Right. Nothing, to, nothing to see here. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. 
When was the last time we talked about a kicker being under pressure in practice during the week leading up to a game? But, you know, for as good as Brett was the entire season, man, the fact that he missed four in a playoff game, you know, he got lucky. He got lucky that, that Tampa Bay was just that bad and Dallas yeah, was just that on point that whole game. Because those four extra points could have been pivotal in a close game. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, he, he, he better he better be on point this week in practice because it won't be Mike McCarthy. It would be Jerry Jones deciding who's kicking in this game this weekend in San Francisco. Yeah, no question about it. They said today, you know, I forget what the range was, but he made all his field goals and all his PATs today. Mm. So he was – he was uh, maybe Maher's feeling some of the heat. He knows he's got to get his act together a little bit, but he was uh, he was pretty decent as far as that went. Uh, speaking of kickers, so the Seahawks, this is kicker money, Derek. Yep, they give Jason Meyer four years, twenty two point six million as a kicker. He's making more than five per year. Well, thirty four, thirty seven in field he's goals, forty one to forty two extra points. Um, the kicker money has been going up, you know, in small increments every year. You know, we always joke about how the kickers and the punters don't practice like everybody else on the team, but let's face it. We've seen it too many times in big games. A kicker is a vital cog in deciding an L or W in games. And if you feel you got one of the best in the games, you got to pay him reward uh, handsomely. Mm-hmm. What this does, it does open the door for other kickers who are consistent and successful now to make that much more money. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the days of kickers getting four years, 10 million, three years, seven million, those days are over now. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't pay a kicker now, he'll go somewhere else where a team desperately needs one to make a lot more money. Yeah, there's no question. All right, speaking of money. So reports are that Sean Payton wants in the neighborhood per year of 20 to 25 million, upwards of five years. <laughs> initially we say that's insane, but you don't know what you can get unless you ask for it. Right. Yeah. Now I'd be shocked. The world would be shocked. The football world would be shocked. If any team paid a head coach 20 to 25 million plus, you're going to have to give up a first round pick and maybe more picks to get him. That's too much of a, of a, of a, of a, of a treasure chest to give up for a head coach. I, I understand he has a great pedigree, but if I'm Carolina, Sean, thank you for interviewing. I, I, I need this number nine overall pick. We need a quarterback desperately for our future. We got it wrong with you know Sam, you know Sam Darnold. We got to make sure we get we got to rectify this. We need to find the next young gun, the next Josh Allen, next Patrick Mahomes for this organization, next Cam, the next young Cam Newton for this organization. Um, appreciate you coming by. We ain't paying you close to twenty five million. If Bill Belichick is only making what eleven, twelve, whatever he's making. Mm-hmm. What in the world makes you think Sean Payton's worth 20, 25 million? Here's the complicating part too. The draft pick that you have to give up. Yeah. Um, you know, draft picks. Let me let me be plural. Yeah, yeah. If you have to give up a first and a third, and, and the problem too is like there, there's a lot of reports that Denver may be the leader in the clubhouse. I don't know how they're doing it with what everything they gave up for Russell Wilson already. Yeah. yeah. Where are you getting capital from? You know, I mean, I understand Denver's desperate. Are you desperate enough? Can you imagine the ownership in the NFL cringing if a team pays a head coach $25 million? To me, the only coach that's worth that kind of money is Bill Belichick after what he's done over his tenure in New England. Yeah. Okay. But anybody else? Are you serious? I don't think I don't think teams are happy about paying quarterbacks 40, 50 million a year. Yeah. But that floodgate is open. Kyler Murray, 
in your wildest imagination, did you ever think Kyler Murray was worth $40 million? No. Lo and yeah, behold, here we don't. stand. Yeah. You know, he's to me, he's average at best. He's an energizer bunny. He's not a legitimate quarterback in the NFL. Right. $40 million. Now, somebody somewhere, if not this year, next year, but in years to come, somebody may approach the $20 million plateau for a head coach in the National Football League. But I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, so also uh, the Vikings GM, I, I didn't realize. So cousin Kirk Cousins signed a contract extension last yep. offseason yep. or whatever um, to remain the, the, the quarterback through the 2023 season. So he's got one more out of this. Uh, their GM came out and said, basically, look, we're going to we're going to try and lock him up long term. He's set to earn 30 million in cash, uh, which actually isn't bad, really, uh, this yeah. coming year. And he's going to cost 36 against the cap, basically, that, which is actually not a bad. Still cheap. Yeah, it's not a bad deal at all. For um, a frontline quarterback who's been in the league as many years as, as he has been, he, he always puts up these great regular season numbers. He just can't get over the hump in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd be shocked if, if Cousins doesn't decide to come back with the offensive uh, weaponry that he has. They need to work and fix that defense, yes. But they've got everything they need offensively uh, to still be competitive next year. I would think, too, like I think most teams have learned to not handle it the way the Ravens handled it. Yeah. You know, whoever's yeah. at fault, whether that's yeah. Lamar or whether it's you or you, you don't want that guy, you know, in, in the last year of the deal. And that's not no. going to happen with the Eagles no. either. No. Hertz is going to be taken care of this offseason. That's for sure. Yeah. I wonder, like, I, let's dig into that for a minute. I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say the Eagles got were a one and done and he has a bad game against the Giants. How much does that impact what you think he's going to get or does it at all? I think when you're sitting on the other side of the table, now Joe Banner would definitely use that against him to leverage. Uh, at the table. I think Howie Roseman is a little bit more open-minded, a little bit more generous uh, in terms of and forgiving in terms of negotiating with Jalen and his representation. You had a phenomenal year. It flopped the last game of the year, but we know what you're capable of doing. And you're still a young quarterback. You improve significantly. We know because of your commitment, you will continue to improve. We're investing in you because we think of what you have. Now you go back and say, uh, you did the same thing with Carson Wentz and look how that unraveled on you. But I think Jalen's a whole different character in terms of how he handles his business, the leadership qualities, um, and how, how, how players gravitate towards him. And that carries a little bit more weight than if you have to sit across the table from a Carson Wentz, who we found out in the latter part of his tenure in Philadelphia, how he alienated, uh, certain teammates separated himself from certain teammates, became a problem of coaches, went against the grain when it came to plays, did his own thing. I don't think Jalen's that kind of player. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. All right, let's get a timeout, Derek. Let's come back. We'll do a little open. I got two on this dates for you, All right. okay, which I'll hit you with. We got some birthdays. We got some movies. Sixers uh, tonight in action. Flyers tonight in action. And always, always some Eagles as well. So yeah. don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn. Barrett's off. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. We are right back.
My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. segment of the show. Thanks for hanging out with us, making us a part of your Thursday. We do appreciate that. Oh. We'll be back with you tomorrow. What's the matter, Gunner? It just came across. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh says Lamar Jackson will be involved in the offensive coordinator search. So that tells me oh. Lamar's staying. Uh, yes, that's a, that's a way to get him to stay. That's, that's for sure. A, hey, maybe, maybe Lamar didn't want to play for Greg Roman anymore. Whoa. Okay. Wow, just came across just a few seconds ago, just as we came out of break. That wow. that is that's interesting for a guy who is a free agent now. He's not even you know, your property, right? Mm-hmm. Well, technically he's your property until what? Like March until 1st or something agency. like that. Yeah. yeah, but wow. Um maybe 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 we thought Lamar might be gone. If your head coach says he will be a part of the future offensive coordinator decision, that tells me he's staying. Agreed. Wow, man. Okay. That's a, that is a really interesting, interesting nugget right there. It's a, it's a unique approach. You, you give it a lot of power to the players. Hey, look, there's not many quarterbacks in the National Football League that have a say in the future offensive coordinator. Think about that. So that tells me what that organization thinks of Lamar. It tells me that they think they will get – they're not that far off in money, and they believe that he's going to be there for the long term as well. 
Okay. All right. Good, good, uh, good tidbit there, Gunner. Appreciate mm. that. Um, all right. So uh, let's hit a couple. Of, I'll give you two on this dates. Uh, one, I sort of, uh, I guess, previewed or teased a little bit yesterday, but 20 years ago, the Eagles lost to the Bucks NFC championship game. Last football game played at Veterans Stadium. That was a game where the Eagles scored early, got wait, up wait, early. Say that again. Say it again. The, the Eagles lost to the Bucks in the NFC championship game 20 years ago at the Vet. It was the last football game played at the Vet. Dude, that was 20 years was ago. 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. I was there. I know you were. There are people I talked to that still see the ghost of Rondé Barber running down I-95. I did a whole thing last night uh, on the radio talk. It, it, uh, there's still a scar from that loss. It, it really – that's not one you get over. Even after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was, you still – that one you still feel a little. That was a body blow, man. Uh, Rob, you couldn't have said it any better because, like I said, I've been here over 25 years now, and that still pains a lot of people because it was the perfect storm for the Eagles. The fact that Tampa Bay had never won a game on 33-degree 33, 33 weather, road game to 33-degree weather, everybody just picked the Eagles to win that game to go to the Super Bowl. And it just unraveled. They, they took the early lead in that game. And all of a sudden, Joe Jarevicius goes running down the sidelines, gives the momentum to Tampa Bay. And then when Rondé Varbert picked off Donovan McNabb, and there was nothing but thin air between him and that goal line, it just sucked the life out of that stadium. And that's when the vet came tumbling down at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it did. Along with a lot of people's psyche. Uh, that's for sure. So, yeah, that was a... That was a rough one. Uh, that's for sure. So that was 20 years ago. How about um, mm. 21 years ago? The tuck rule. Mm. How about that game? Raiders and the Patriots, Patriots. in the snow. What a snow. And a game that maybe changed the entire trajectory for the Patriots. You know, maybe, maybe no they question. don't go into the dynasty mode if, if no they don't question. win that game. Who knows? Because that was the point of everybody. If the Raiders had won that game, people felt the Raiders would have won that Super Bowl. Um, and, and to this day, uh, Charles Woodson and Tom Brady still debate, was it or wasn't it? Brady uh, Brady is adamant it was a fumble. Charles is adamant that, do you know it was a fumble? I told you, I, um, I saw the show. I just happened to be the 30 surfing. for 30 they did. It was yeah. great. And they it, was did it, it was it like Brady's beach house or wherever it was. I don't no, know. No, where. Not, not a beach house. It was a beach mansion. Mansion. <laughs> did, did, did you see that one or no? I saw it. It was really well done. Dude, did you see Did you see the inside of the house where they yeah, were sitting? It was sick. It was sick. The yeah, family they, room is bigger than most people's houses. Yeah. And at one point they're playing pool yes. on this pool table. Yeah. yeah. It great. Was it was a great show. The fact that they got them to do it together and do it in Brady's backyard. It's a great concept. Didn't they use, I'm trying to remember. Did they, 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 they like to really authenticate? They were using like VCRs and like throwing old VHS tapes. I forget to watch it. It was funny though. It was, it was really, their reactions were priceless because both guys to this day are still adamant. That, that it you know it was on one way Absolutely. or the other like Brady Absolutely. yeah hey they got the right call and yeah Charles Woodson said they didn't it was pretty good it was really well done I love that show and, and you're right it definitively changed the, the, the tuck rule what is and what isn't a fumble what motion determines whether or not it's a fumble or if it's an incomplete pass and you know even after that look at how many times you'd have to go to replay sometime before a referee can make a decision on okay we got to get this right was it yeah. a fumble was it an incomplete pass and you know uh, but yeah, that that's one of the more defining moments in the history of pro football. That that particular play, um, 
was definitely a defining moment in the game. Yeah, and it's just that, you know, that Raiders team, although they did, they got to one, never won one. No. Uh, the, you know, we, we know what happened with New England, and it really changed the course of a lot of things, man. It really mm. did. I'm trying to remember. We did. Was it the next? It was the next year. Yeah, right? It was the next year that Gruden goes to Tampa Bay, right? And then they... Yeah, because the, the next year is they, 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 Gruden's coaching Tampa Bay and they beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship the game. Then they go to the Super Bowl and beat and, the Raiders. Yeah, they blow out the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Man, because, that's a that's a tough one-two punch, man. You, wow. You, you, you lose on the tuck rule to Brady and then you lose in the Super Bowl to your former coach. I'm talking about for the Raiders. And I remember the aftermath of that Super Bowl, Tampa Bay against Oakland, when, you know, when NFL Films uh, did a story, uh, did a show on – releasing how Gruden, you know, will that team to the Super Bowl. And you hear Gruden on the sideline calling Oakland plays. He knew what they were going to call. Uh, and to yes, put he his was defense calling up. everything out. You're right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and he set his defense up to, to to thwart anything that Oakland tried to do. It was, it was brilliance on his part. No, it was. It was, uh, you're right. It was uh, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Let's do a little uh, birthdays, if you will, uh, on this day. All right. Um, Dolly Parton, 77 years old today, is Dolly. Why are you you smiling about Dolly? (laughs) Yeah, you are. Why are you smiling, Rob? She does do a lot for charity. I will give her that. She's always helping people out. Really? That's it. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, she yes. barely. She was barely five feet tall. She will never drown, Derek. She will never. See, drown. I knew it. I, I knew know. It. You knew I, I had knew it. Was it, was it, it, it was way too easy. Too easy. Oh my uh, goodness. Um, <laughs> oh uh, man. Uh, let's hit a couple other ones here. Uh, Mac Miller, the rapper, hip hop artist, unfortunately yeah. died young. Was born on this day, nineteen ninety-two. Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Janis Joplin would have been yep. 80 years old today. Uh, singer, but we lost a very long time ago. You talk she about went some, to, I'm sorry. You talk about somebody way ahead of her time. Oh yeah. When she, you know, she was big early in the seventies and she country R and B jazz. I mean, she sang it all. She sang, she was popular across the board. Mm-hmm. That's a rarity in the music industry. No question. And you know what? She went to high school with Jimmy Johnson. What? Dallas, okay. Dallas Cowboys, yeah, yep. Wow. Cowboys, yep. Oh my goodness! They went to high school. I yeah. did not. I did not know this. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe was born on this day in 1809. Um, did, did you have to read The Raven when you were in course, school? Of course, and that's why the Baltimore Ravens are named uh, because of he was a, a. Even though I think he was born in Boston, he was a huge figure yeah. in, in the Baltimore yeah. area. But yes, I did. I think that's why I hate reading now, man. I was forced <laughs> to read. I think I was the eighth or ninth grade. I was forced to read that book. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, huh? What? There's nothing uh, worse than when you're a kid and you're forced yeah. to read something and you have, like, I, I'm the type, like, if I'm not into it, I have to read it like 10, a, a, a yes. sentence or a, or a paragraph 10 times to because I'm just half checked out going through it. Yeah. I'm like, man, to this yeah. day, I think that's why I haven't picked up another book. Yeah. I don't miss that. You just forced us to read it. Uh, no, I don't miss that at all. No, no, no. Not, not a little bit. Uh, Katie Seagal from yep. a lot of stuff, married with children included, is 69 yep. today. The former general, Robert E. Lee, was born on this day in 1807. Uh, yep. Robert, Pal- Robert Palmer, the singer, uh, yep. passed away relatively young, was born on this day, uh, 1949, Simply Irresistible and all those other songs from Robert Palmer. Um, Sean Wayans, part of the Wayans yep. clan, uh, yep. is 52 years old today, is Sean. Uh, Junior Seau, 
was born on this day in 1969 yeah. and yeah, sadly yeah. lost him mm. too young. Mm. Uh, Gene Stapleton of all the family. She played Edith on the, all the family. Would, would have been 100 today, man. 100. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. <laughs> yes. Archie! Yeah. Song that made the yeah. hit parade. Oh, that voice, man. That'll, that'll go uh, right through you. Oh, uh, my goodness. Oof. Uh, Otis Anderson, the uh, really quality running back, had a good career, man, with the then uh, yeah. St. Louis Cardinals and then the Giants, was on the Giants team that won it over the uh, Bills That's on the right. wide right. Exactly right. Uh, 66 today. Um, Drea DiMatteo, who played mm -hmm. Adriata from uh, uh, Sopranos, yep. is, is 51 today. JaVale McGee, former Sixer, is 35 today. Uh, Nicholas Colasanto, who played coach on Cheers. It mm -hmm. would have been was born on this day, 1924. So it would have been 99 years young. Would coach uh, on this day. That's all I got. Birthdays. What do you got? Uh, Jody Sweeten, who plays Stephanie Tanner on Full House. Okay, she is 41 today. Mm -hmm. Paula Dean, who has written 15 cookbooks, had a successful show, and owns two restaurants in the Savannah, Georgia area. She is 76 today. Okay. Uh, Sean Johnson. Uh, she's 4'11", and she was the Olympic balance being gold Goodness. medalist at the 2008 Olympics. Yeah, yeah, she's um, great. And uh, Jensen Button, who Barrett, one of Barrett's favorites, is right up Barrett's alley, was a 2009 Formula One world champion. Wow. Uh, he's he's 43 today. Okay, okay. Yep. And like that's, that's it. All right. Uh, not a ton of birthdays here, or in movies here. Movies, we'll, yeah. we'll give you a couple. Uh, Dust Till Dawn, which was a pretty good movie. Uh, was the uh, Selma, Selma Hayek? Uh, need, I, need, uh, I, need I say more? Uh, Selma Hayek. I don't know what it was. The Golden Globes or one of the. I don't know what show. I can't even keep track of what show it is. The the other night it was. There was last week. Or I went. Still bringing it. Nah, that's all we'll say. Still. And she's what in her sixties now. She's still hey, a I don't think lady. She, is she, is she that 60s? old? I, I think she's 50. in her sixties. Is she? Yeah. Wait um, a minute. Are you old. sure? Let's now you got me guessing. I'm gonna say 55. I'm gonna say 55. Okay. Let's see. She is uh some uh, here we go. All right, oh. she is uh, 56. 56, born in 66. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, she'll be born in a, she'll be 57 this year. I do still. Oh, still, still, yes, very much so. Uh, where was I? All right, dust till dawn. Yes, uh, that was 1996. <laughs> you got lost track. Yeah. Uh, what was I thinking of here? <laughs> uh, uh, Tremors, which wasn't a bad movie, it was okay. Uh, from 1990, I saw the and, first one after that. They did like three more. I'm yeah, like, there was nah, absolutely no reason that. to do more than that. It, it was okay. Yeah. The first one, it was, yeah, it was yeah. all right. Uh, that, that's all I got. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't particularly fine. A lot of these movies, uh, 2018, 12 strong Chris Hemsworth. I love that movie. Okay. I got to see uh, that great movie. And that's based on a true story. Oh. Uh, mil military story about these guys had to go in and, uh, I forgot what exactly what they had to do, but, but yeah, 12 strong is great. Um, right. den of thieves with uh 50 cent Gerard Butler and, uh, O'Shea Jackson, ice cube son. That's a good movie. Also came out in 2018. Oh, I didn't see that. All right. And then, uh, I didn't see this one, but it's a popular movie forever. My girl also came out in 2018. Okay. Yeah. All, right. so, all right. Good ones. That's all we got for yep. the, uh, for the movies. I, I got to tell you, man, I go back. I'm thinking about this Lamar Jackson thing. Oh, I got you thinking now, don't I? Well, and the other thing is Harbaugh came out and said he's 200% going to come back. Like oh, I didn't I'm, see that part. He said that? Yeah. If I'm their GM, I'm like, what, what are you doing, man? Yeah, but you know what, Rob? When a coach makes a definitive statement like that, he's gotten the, the green light from the GM. 
they've already sat and talked about this. And, you know, it wasn't, it was a, I think before they lost the playoff game, the Cincinnati is when Harbaugh came out, he was asked about Lamar and I think somebody brought the money issue up, but maybe it was a, maybe it was the last regular season game. Uh, we hope Lamar will be back. Maybe they've come to a closer meeting of the minds. You know, we, we speculated on this show. Is Lamar really hurt or is he basically making a financial move here so he doesn't get hurt yeah. to maintain that leverage in negotiations? Well, obviously, when your coach comes out today that, number one, the quarterback will have a hand in, in, in deciding the OC. And number two, I didn't see that part. We said 200 percent. Yeah. Not, not 50, not 75, not, not 100. Not 110. No. 200 percent will be back. Yeah. Yep. Tells well, me all I need to know. It tells me they must be close to a deal. Like he he had to have consulted with his who was it Eric Eric uh, DeCosta I think, uh, yeah, and yeah. they must be on the same page that this thing's getting close. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, another firing here, Gunner. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins have fired their defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. He is out. Ooh, man, is this? Wow. Does it feel like there's more of this? Why, more than usual, yes. I tell you, a lot of assistant coaches getting hung out to dry here this season, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there is. It feels like there's just a lot of scapegoating going on here. I didn't think that. Let me see. I didn't think the Dolphins' defense was that. Now they gave up 32 points to Buffalo in the playoff game, but so what? Buffalo's an uh, Buffalo's an offensive juggernaut here. Uh, but when I look at Miami statistically for the regular season, I didn't think they were that bad. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Miami, Miami. Uh, he gave up 338 yards a game, 234 passing, 103 rushing, and gave up 23 and a half points a game. Those are not bad numbers. They're, they're not terrible. I no. mean, certainly you could build on it. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. You, you basically, you, you, you put the DC in the, in the guillotine. Wow. Okay. I, I, I guess it's almost like there, there, first of all, there's very little patience. Like, whereas even with head coaches, you would get an opportunity. They give you three, four five years to build. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You basically maybe get two now. And if you're not a playoff team or it doesn't look super promising, you're right. gone. Right. And, right. and, and assistance, man. And I, here's the other thing I think with, and I don't know this for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I'm asking out loud almost. Um, are coaches' contracts guaranteed? In other words, you know, so and so was signed to a three-year deal worth uh, whatever uh, six million dollars. You know, you could bounce him and not be on the hook for the for the last year or so. It's it's not as big a deal. They, they're a little bit more expendable, I guess. I think it, I think it depends, Rob, on who the coach is. Yeah, uh, I think uh, a coach that has some pedigree has a little bit more leverage in terms of getting more of a guaranteed money in the back end if things go south, compared to a new and up and coming coach. A head coach like a Nathaniel Hackett, even though, um, you know, he he had he proven himself as a coordinator and a play caller, um, and who knows? He, I would imagine if you are a good agent for your, your coach, no matter if it's the first time around the block, you get at least one additional year guaranteed money out of this thing, at least one. Yeah, you would think, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, you, you better. I'd fire that agent that real agent. quick. Yeah, you need a new agent. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, the Eagles uh, now playing the Giants for the third time in 42 days, which is a lot, you know, all things considered. But it is really hard because we asked Jordan Raynon about this, who covers the Giants. And he said, you know, you obviously don't count week 18, but I'd almost throw week 14 out the window because these teams right, are so right. different, so much more healthier. Know. 
Saquon's healthy. It is. It's it's tough. You're trying to glean any little comp that you could pull out of these things, but it is it is a tough thing to just say. Well, the Eagles did this in Week 14. It means this. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. No. You know, I I would look more at what the Giants did last week with the Vikings, what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are. That would be more of my focus than than what the Eagles did or what they did against the Eagles. You know, for sure. And and what exactly? You know, we saw them do some things differently. You know, I I've focused in on the Giants' defense early in the week and often. And then Jordan brought up the fact that he said, hey, man, they threw the kitchen sink at the Vikings. He was he surprised. He was even surprised at some of the things they did offensively against the Vikings. And he's covered a team year round for a few years now. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to wonder what else are they going to try to present that we haven't seen before on both yeah. sides of the football? Well, I guess. Um, I don't know, man, like from a giant standpoint, is there a ton that you can do? You're very limited talent wise. True, true. Yeah. Schema- but schematically, you can do things out of certain formations. You know, there are some teams that will run like six, seven, eight different plays out of the same formation, you know. And maybe there's some some things that we haven't seen in Giants for because you're right, they're a very basic, bland football team. They're not a big wow factor team. They don't, they don't have like 70 plays of 20-plus yards. They're not that kind of team. They are a grinded-out type, type of team. Stay close and see if they can catch you, catch you at the end. You know, and they've done that in some big games this year. Mm-hmm. You know, they've lost a few games you thought they were going to win. They won some games you didn't think they had a chance. And you know what of winning, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's the kind of team they are. And, you know, if they can keep this game close, that fourth quarter is going to be a lot more interesting than it should. I agree. I Yeah, I, I think it's, it's distinctly possible. I'm going to be really curious early if the Eagles are willing to establish the run and stick yeah. with it. But, you know, we'll see. So they generally throw to get a lead and then run to to milk clock, but we'll see. And the other thing is, can the Eagles defense get off the field? Can, you mm. know, it, 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 especially on that first drive to set a tone. I think it sets a big tone if they are able to do that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the only giant player with an injury designation, according to Jordan Raynan, is Aziz uh, Ojolari, who has okay. a quad issue. He's questionable. Everybody else good to go uh, for the Giants. And the Eagles, you know, real good news on there from a health perspective. Everybody's everybody's in good shape here. You know, the, the mm-hmm. only one not expected to play is Avante Maddox. So everything else. And, and at least he's out there moving around. He's moving. He was doing some calisthenic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Had the boot off and all that. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Barrett's back tomorrow, Derek. And uh, we got a good show for you, including Michael Barkan uh, and Dan Koob, et cetera. So we got a good show for you tomorrow. Hey, real quick, dude. Um, later tonight, I'll be doing a gun on one with uh, Jeff McLean from the Philadelphia Inquirer. You nice. know, Jeff is so insightful. He's covered his team for years. Can't wait to talk to Jeff about what he's been seeing leading up to this game. So that's a great That's one. coming up later tonight, early tomorrow morning, Gun on One. All right, check it out. Gun on One. All right, uh, stay tuned. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. I want to thank Xander Krause. I want to thank all of you in the chat section, Ooh. all of you streaming, all of you listening. You all right? I got to get out here and brave the rain and go pick up my grandson from, all right, go from do school. Your, go do Man. your thing. We appreciate everybody hanging. We will see you guys same time tomorrow. For Derek, I'm Rob. We are Sports Take.
My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.